0: All right, this week's guest was a fun one. We had Joe Sexton in the booth. Now he provided some great perspective on being a pro snowboarder, as well as being a company owner with his brand Public Snowboards. So there's a lot of entrepreneurial advice as well. Uh, Joe talks about his road to recovery from his traumatic brain injury, his cover, his six year battle on the, the 300 foot rail. And my personal favorite thing about this episode is that Joe shows his true personality. He is authentically hilarious. I really think you guys are going to enjoy this conversation. I want to take this time to say thank you for your continued support. It's overwhelming. It's incredible. If you want to show support in a small way, you can write a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out a lot. And lastly, we have Joe Sexton signed prints from the famous 300-foot rail, the cover of Snowwater Magazine, that shot. We have that signed print available at bombhole.com with all of our merch, that's where you can find our Patreon. If you're interested, head on over to bombhole.com. Okay, let's get into it, the Joe Sexton episode. Here we go.
1: You are listening to the Bombhole.
2: Bombhole podcast.
1: <laughs> it's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody.
2: <laughs> the Bombhole.
0: going to slide down them big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice, burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we go Again. Another week, another bomb hole. I'm sitting in the booth next to Stony Buds. How are you doing, my friend? So good. Love hearing that. Love hearing that. This episode is very near and dear to my heart because I have a close friend of yourself and mine, Buds, Mr. Joe Sexton in the booth.
3: Thank you for having me. <laughs> What's going on, Joe? How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be in the booth and be in Salt Lake City and snowboard a bunch. And it's been a fun, really fun trip so far.
0: Beautiful, yeah. Joe's been uh, crashing on the couch, uh, doing his normal thing. It looks like a goddamn bomb went off. Uh, board bag,
3: shit everywhere. I'm trying to live with the bomb hole
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> created your own bomb hole. Yeah, I created family. my own <laughs> bomb hole.
0: Yeah, he really likes to uh,
1: make myself at home. <laughs> make I'll
0: himself say. at
2: home. <laughs> 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 well said. Well
0: said. Well, um, let's dive back. One thing you know, everybody knows you as Joe Sexton, the pro snowboarder, and you started your own company. You know, public. But one thing that's absolutely fascinating that a lot of people don't know is that you have a twin brother. And now your twin brother, Dan, played in the NHL. And he's a pro hockey player, pro snowboarder. Other brother's a pro hockey player. Let's talk about that.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty wild that he has gotten to where he's gotten. Because I remember as a kid, we were both, you know, seven, eight years old playing hockey. And it was, like, mites and squirts and all these things. And I was tripped because, like, he had to – be that persistent from squirts and mites to the NHL. Whereas like I kind of bounced around, like played other sports, got in other things, and then kind of found snowboarding around 12, 13, and then maybe got to where I'm at. He had to be that consistent that whole time, making that a level team, then high school, then college. And the cool thing I remember is every single step, every one of his coaches were like, well, that's it. You're not going to play high school, plays high school, not going to make varsity. varsity." Well, he won't play college, plays college, you're definitely not going to play in the AHL. Goes to the AHL and, well, that's it, because there's no way you're making it to the NHL. No one does. And then you get signed to the Ducks. So it was cool that he was told he's not going to make it every single step of the way, and he did. So it was really, really impressive for me to just see that. It was cool. Well, you you
1: one, think that pushed him further?
3: Yeah, for sure. He was always going to be too small or too this. And, you know, the NHL, they want bigger guys. And, and he's just like, well, I'm going to show him. And it was cool. Even for me as an outsider, I just kind of hear these steps he's making. And we weren't always talking about each step i'd just be like oh cool he's in the ahl now and when he signed with the ducks i was like oh that's a big deal but uh it was cool that he just didn't even let that shit affect him he was just like well i'll I'll do it i'll show you makes you work harder yeah and he did he was small and but he did it and it's it's really impressive
0: one thing uh, i want to talk about is your dad shake tiller let's give him a little air horn (laughs) yes um you have a great (laughs) impersonation of Every time, you know, they would put him on the bench and then and then Dan would, would go in and play well. Can you kind of just paint a picture of what your dad's like watching a game when your brother's playing?
3: Yeah, it was pretty much in the recliner, vodka soda deep. <laughs> and just not, like, almost like he might as well be on the bench with the team. <laughs> He's yelling at every other player and sort of, like, calling plays from the comfort of his own home. And But the funny thing is, even when my brother did something good or the coach, like, he would always – put the kid in see what the kid can do he would so badly just it wouldn't be his shift but he's like put the kid in the kid bury that one he would and like give him the chance and then he would and my brother would make a great play or something and my dad would say see that's what i said i said put the kid in and see what he could do and they just don't listen to me and it's just he just it was like he was never happy or he was like thrilled to be scored but that was that's really cool to watch your parents watch your kid and go to the games and when he was playing in those games, it was so fun. I mean, it was just another level of, like, he's in the NHL. He's on the ice. He's playing for the Ducks. Like, you just get goosebumps every time you see it on the screen. You just, like, can't believe he's, he's doing this. So, my dad, is, uh, he's very passionate. Let's just say that.
1: Does yeah. your dad do that when he watches uh, video parts? Come on,
3: and Front board. You got to get the <laughs> front
1: board. <laughs>
0: Well, the thing that's beautiful is we found out that your your dad refers to Dan as the kid, and then yeah. we, now we call Joe the kid. And I'm always come come on, put yeah. the kid. In. Let's see what the kid can do.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I think he he tries to give advice, but I mean, he also sat there and watched me at Buck Hill from nine in the morning till nine at night. He'd come and put his car up and like on the hill and watch me snowboard. And when it's time to go, he'd flash the brights and like he stuck it out as like, you were learning. He, yeah, he's super supportive. Took me to all the early contests and kind of did give it that sort of uh, organized approach to make, which maybe helped me like win some of those contests. Cause it was like, if you're going to do this, you're going to fucking do it. you're not going to like just slack. It was like, and I had to kind of prove to him if I win some of these contests, this makes this career more like he'll actually, appre- he'll actually kind of understand that this could be something. Right. Yeah. So I think that was the biggest part was proving to myself and him. I didn't want to go to these contests, but it was like a stepping stone. Like I knew I wanted to film, but I was like, if I win this contest and it's like an accolade he can look at, and tell people, you know, Joe just won nationals. Now it looks like we're going to, you know, you'll support it a little bit more. Where if I just got dead last and I was smoking weed or something, you'd be like, this isn't going to be a career.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, one thing that's really cool about uh, us is we've known each other for such a long time. Yeah. You know, not much past the time you're talking about. Uh, we went, Joe and I both went to Mount Hood. We were probably both 17. Yeah. Met, at, met in the summer camp. And then the following year, uh, he came out and we filmed for EPI Films, really small video. Yeah. And we were in high school, and it was like Christmas break, and we were nocturnal. We were just lighting up rails. Yeah. uh, You know, basically we didn't even – we just went out at night and then slept during the day. Yeah. And got a bunch of clips, and we – I forgot about that, dude. We've been doing it for a minute, so.
3: Yeah, I think we were 17. Another one of those things that wasn't even conscious for us, it was like Adam Malinsky called me after meeting at Hood and was like, I'm going to make this movie. Do you want to film – I was like yeah sure I think we I'd filmed for Bald Eagle before and some stuff but I was like oh cool a little bit like East Coast production thing this will be sweet met Chris and Scott let's do, it'll be cool but then to like stay at your house for like 2 weeks and and like just just get nocturnal we were like going out at 8 at night lighting up spots and sleeping all day it was just cool that to feel like, it, like we looked back and we're like oh that was pretty good work ethic for back then you know like it was just rad that we were kind of like that motivated back then and it was so uh, like unconscious, we were just like, yeah, we're just gonna go film, and that was it.
0: Totally. Yeah. yeah. It, kind of, it also goes back. It kind of reminds me of that. I'm always beating a dead horse on this the subject, but it's like, it's it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. And you and we we kind of found each other, and we were both obsessed. Yeah. And you know, you got You got to go meet these people that have the similar interests and yeah. gravitate towards them. And for us, that's just what you did. You just, you just film and you go hard and that's, we got tunnel vision. We got horse blinders on. That's all you think about. Yeah. You got to get around those same people.
3: And it was an instant connection too. I think with us, we, we got along. It wasn't like anything was forced. So it was just like, Oh, go stay with Chris and film. And that kid was really fun. And it was just like, if it's a, if it's hard work, if it's like hard to get past that, it's not going to work, you know? So it was just cool that we found each other and linked up that way. And we're like, now it's still knowing each other and, and supporting each other still is pretty cool because I remember like walking you like talking you into a trick back then and now we're still doing it. That's so pretty cool.
1: You guys met up at Mount Hood. Yeah. And then happened to link up. That's pretty cool. Or made yourselves link up because that was it. you had a connection. Yeah.
3: I remember you drove out with Granger and Stevens. And Stevens. Yep. And it was like I met them. And and Stevens and Granger and Granger were so good. I remember thinking, like, how are these dudes not like way bigger? You know? And they were all on Academy at the time. And I actually emailed JB and I was like you just got to like do something with the, I, I was a nobody too, but I was just like, for what it's worth, these kids are super sick. That's awesome. And I just like, was like, that yeah, sent, just left it at that. Like hoping it would help them a little bit or something. And yeah, it was just cool. I never felt so much like these dudes are, cause they knew how to film and edit. And remember I made that little like edit from hood. And you guys showed me with the beastie boys song. And all he did was like take like five minutes and made it so cool. And I was like, oh, sick. Like mine was looking so bad, like no audio. Just like, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> we definitely had a little dis- or an advantage, I'll say, because yeah. we, we knew how to edit so we could make ourselves look better than we actually were. <laughs> yeah, ramping
3: everything. <laughs> totally. <laughs>
0: oh, man, but it's kind of a trip. You're, you're, if you were to take that 17-year-old kid and think, fuck, whatever, however many hundred years later, you and I be sitting in my garage. It's It's just fun to look back on.
3: It is. And it's a trip because, like, we're kind of on to doing different stuff, but it all follows the same line, the same vein of just, like, continuing to do what you're passionate about, which I think is awesome. Like, when you talk to me about this podcast, I'm just like, yeah, of course. And then you take that same effort and put it into something like this, the same way you put it into your snowboard career, and, like, look what happens. It's super successful, so... It's it's really cool.
0: Thanks, Joe. Uh, I, I'd like to talk about one pivotal moment in your career from from uh, you know us being on the sidelines watching you. You know we were we were trying to do our thing. You know make it or whatever you want to call that. And you got that opportunity. You're riding for Nitro. You got it on Stepchild. Mm. You filmed for Child Support. And uh, in that video part, you did a back three tail press on a rail, which was light years ahead of anything that had come out. You were doing 50-50 back threes, which nobody had really done. Anyway, um, do you want to talk about that process for us and what that was like?
3: Yeah, I think uh, it was super uh, subconscious again. Like, it was just like, what are you laughing about?
1: I can speak about the process on a 50-50 back three. Couple maybe two, three nights. I thought I was gonna get away with
3: saying it all just came pretty easy, you know, honestly. They paint Yeah. That that process yeah, you, you put wanna, in work. If you want That's g- all I gotta say is all he right. put in work and yeah. he
1: made it happen and it's dope. I mean yeah. that's how it goes.
3: Thank you. I think I'll be the first to admit I I don't think I'm the most naturally talented snowboarder. I really don't. I think I have a lot of passion and I think when I'm trying a trick, nothing else matters. So During those years, I saw it as, like, kind of a tryout. I was like, this is the first real global project. I just got on Stepchild, and they asked me to go to Finland. And, like, just that kind of shit. Like, not even thinking. Like, I'm just going to fly to Finland for 31 days. Not not sure who's picking me up. Not sure, like, where we're going. I just show up, and I'm, like, this, like, you know, 21-year-old kid. Just, like, where are we going? What are we doing? You know? And then I think that was what it was. It was just... Yeah, the process of just trying shit over and over.
0: Didn't you show up, and you didn't even know who was going to pick you up, and it was just this whole, you know, thrown into the mix?
3: Yeah, and it was Ilari, who's the filmer. But I'm in Finland. I've never been out of the country before, and I just, like, show up in Helsinki, Finland, I can't even call anyone like, hey, I'm here. I just waited outside until somebody pulled up. Really? But, like a fucking Subaru with a drop and ramp. Up, this must be them. Like, <laughs> hop, like, like hop in and i was just like, cool. And then we went to Fredo Servio's apartment who was like, kind of like seeing him as like a like hero yeah, kind of he guy. Sick. I'm like in there. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. And just so, I don't know, the the truest form of just like, I'm just going through these motions, you know? Like I wasn't, I didn't have any end game of like what I was going to do. I just wanted to I was going to try to do what I did back home and in Finland, you know,
1: a 30 day trip too. that's some commitment, right? Yeah. There.
3: And it was so, I was so jet lagged that I, uh, I would stay up all night and then into the next day and then sleep that night. I did that program for like 14 or 15 days. Really? Yeah. Like I would watch all these movies. I had like a little mini disc, like DVD player, like just <laughs> watching like the movies and just like, then I'd get up at eight with everyone else, like thinking I was waking up but I was up all night Then we'd go film all day. And then usually film into the night, and then I'd crash like that night.
1: Extra hard. Yeah.
3: Man. So it was wild.
0: You told me a funny story earlier off uh, air where, you know, for us rail nerds, the back three tail press on that down bar was like just monumental, <laughs> you know. And didn't you call the the editor producer and say something? Yeah, yeah.
3: I, I remember talking to Sean Johnson. And Sean had been filming movies, so he made tons of like – I thought he would maybe be a little bit more impressed with the trick. I just kind of was like – like, yeah, man, like I, you know, I did some, I did this thing. He's like, cool, man. Well, uh, let us know when you are heading home. And
1: it's just like, didn't, even care. didn't care.
3: I thought I was going to get like a, like, I don't know, some sort of like, <laughs> sounds like
0: it was a pretty good trip for you guys. Uh, all right.
3: Sounds like it's pretty decent snow. Anyway, I got to run. <laughs>
0: So, hey, Sean, I landed the back three. I yeah, don't know if you, breath. I don't know, did it go through? I don't know if you heard me. <laughs> it was
3: back three, you know, after tail
1: making 10 movies or whatever he yeah. had made, he was just yeah, like, yeah, not a trick is a trick. Yeah, I think that's how he felt. Bit of a green jacket, gold jacket scenario. Sort yeah. of, yeah.
0: All right, I'm going to pivot back to another subject that I find hilarious. And I know we got off your brother, but uh, <laughs> I remember I called you, uh, you know, fast forward, you, you know, this was a couple of years ago. Your brother, I think it was around the time he's in the NHL. And, it was Fourth of July, and you went to a party at J- uh, JBR's house, correct? Yeah. And can uh, you, ca- James Van Reem's like big time pro hockey player. Okay. And uh, went over there for Fourth of July. And can you paint the picture of what an
3: NHL uh, hockey Fourth of July looks like? Yeah, I mean, you ca- it's hard, hard to believe, uh, but I think he, my brother invited me over. He, Come on, it'll be fun. Like I'm picturing, like you know, a little a little get together, and it's like these guys are. Big money, big like lots of shit, and the house was giant. You walk in, and you just see shirts off, just every hockey butts walking around everywhere, just like jersey shorts on. But then he shows them like the gym room, and then they all got to like bench out bench press each other. But my favorite part was they're playing beer pong, and then before they played beer pong, they they did the national anthem. My brother had like the hat over his chest; he's kind of bouncing like pregame style.
0: Were they chugging like uh, vodka pedia lights? Yeah, vodka
3: lights. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're super nice dudes. That guy was super fun, and it was like, it's just funny to be a snowboarder in that because you're you just it's such a different world, such a
1: different world. Yeah, they kind of got some good moves though. Yeah, vodka pedia light. vodka a good move. That's that's a pro tip: move. that's it's preparing pro tip. for it's your pro tip. your next day. Yeah. I've tried it for me. It didn't really, but
3: you still wicked hungover.
0: Yeah. You <laughs> chug a bunch of
3: vodka, you're still banged
0: up. It
1: still hurts. Yeah.
3: But um, they don't really stop till the eyes start to go in the back of the head. <laughs> then it's time to maybe call it a night.
0: Well, uh, let's, let's keep it moving here. And we're all over the place. We don't really like chronological here. We nope. just kind of t- go where it takes us. Yeah. But uh, one thing I never realized till recently you are one of the few people that have legitimately turned down an energy drink sponsor. Red
3: Bull, right? Yeah, yeah. Can we talk about that? Yeah, sure. (laughs) I probably look like an idiot now. (laughs) Turn it down. Uh, What an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) Good. More for me and you.
2: Good. Good.
3: Yeah. I think it was at a time where it it wasn't even like a conscious thing again. Like, I wasn't like, I'm doing this to send a message. I think I was at a different part of my career. Um, You know, the sponsors I had, I just didn't feel like it lined up. And I think that. I didn't really want to promote something like that, whether it was very like, like obvious or not. I just, I was happy with what I had with 32 and and stepchild and other sponsors. And they kind of also expressed like interest in maybe saying it it wasn't the best idea. What year was this? Um, right after maybe right after that good look movie, I think right around cheers and good luck and. It was cool though. They flew me to Venice to like talk to everyone, and and I was pretty excited about it. But it just when something didn't feel right, I just I just couldn't really do it.
1: Was right. it like a good money offer? It there? was pretty good money. Yeah, uh, it started out really pretty good money. Anything we can talk about? I think
3: it was the first year. was like twenty
1: five grand a year. And he said no. Yeah. If the offer was slid across the table right now,
3: where's that nearest pen?
1: <laughs> <Can> <laughs> would, you, <laughs> would you sign? <laughs>
3: I don't know. I honestly don't know if I still would. Um, I, I don't know. I think things have changed a lot in my career and where things are at. And, like, I think if, if it lined up and maybe they're going to support a project or something mm-hmm. like that, it,
1: it'd be different. They do support good projects. They do.
3: Yeah. For sure. And I think, you know, people that, that do those deals are are not stupid either. So yeah. I honestly think it has to just line up with what you you believe in and what you want to do. Like, there's people who do it and own it, and it's great. They Especially drink the if shit you have too. an
1: expensive project, too, and it's yeah. like, how else are you going to make I this I can happen? see you,
3: one of those those big Red Bull helmets at troll hogging, <laughs> no
1: goggles,
0: just kind of... Big th- hood over it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you can't tell, can you? Somebody's got to make... Dude, someone just needs to own that and Tommy,
3: make... Tommy, Tommy, if I look this way, does it look like a helmet?
1: Be honest. Someone needs to just own it and make baseball-style helmets <laughs> that, that you actually sick. ride in. Yeah.
3: That would be tight. <laughs> just oversized. Oh God. <laughs> no, I think, and I, uh, you know, I, I appreciated the offer. I thought it was cool, and I, I don't think I have any regrets for not doing it. Um, but I just, it wasn't right for me at the
1: time. Dude, that's that's cool.
0: Yeah, I my theory, I, I've said it a bunch of times. Like people talk shit on energy drinks till they till the contract slid across the table. And that's a hundred percent true and, too. And, and, and like, I think that that is. Tr- but you're really kind of uh, throwing a wrench in my uh, statement. I've been. <laughs> Yeah, wanted. he's at someone
1: who actually was slid the contact, <laughs> slid it right back. Yeah, um, I'm I'll, sure they were pretty surprised too. Huh? Like, whoa, no one does this.
3: Yeah, they just yeah, and it was like again, it was just kind of keep it moving. I was like, this maybe isn't right for me, and and then that was it.
1: It's cool you identified with that though and made that decision, and otherwise you could have been conflicted and it could have affected your. For sure, You're riding, now. and that's
3: the thing about like not, yeah, not having any really re- regrets. Like I could have looked down and maybe seen that sticker, and it would have changed my integrity of what I thought of, about myself as a snowboarder. And it, you never know what that could lead to. Yeah, you could have maybe never head. started this brand because yeah. of that, and I could have maybe never got this other deal that came along. Like, I can't really live with like a thought of like, oh, like I blew it, or what would happen if I did. Yeah, it could have been good, it could have been bad, but it is what it is.
1: I think you made the right call for you. I think so too. Let's run back to
0: uh, child support. Yeah. So that comes out, and it almost seemed like overnight you went from kind of I don't want to say like a relative nobody, but you kind of an an am to just a household name in the in the scene. After that part, Uh, do you want to talk about that?
3: That was really cool. Uh, I remember skating, and Sean Johnson called me, and he's like, "Oh, like Joe with the opener." And I thought he was kidding. I was like, "What?" Like kind of skating at the skate park. Like hung up the phone. Like I think I think he just said I have first part. As I remember being like, kind of not believing it. And then it was so different. DVDs were a thing. Like there was premieres. Like it was such a different thing back then. I just remember being like, I, I worked so hard that year and like broke up with my girlfriend, just the whole like all in, you know, I'm like, I'm traveling so much. I'm all in. This is my first shot to kind of show who I am as a snowboarder and what I like to do. And it was, it felt like a cool expression of like, this is what, I want to show people my snowboarding is, and it felt like it was finally on a stage that was like maybe going to be seen. Right. So yeah, it wasn't as much like about like overnight success. It was kind of like a goal of mine. All right, cool. I filmed like a big part and a big video and kind of did it the way I wanted to do it. And yeah, I was really happy when it came out and it it was cool to get that reception for sure. I was still am though too. So it wasn't like I turned pro or anything. It was just that part came out and I remember thinking like, cool, like, on like, like the next video part. Like, it was it was pretty, but it was a really fun time, yeah.
0: And then shortly after that, you kind of got taken under the wing of J.P. Walker and <laughs> Simone Chamberlain. Yeah. And cruised around with those guys. And Yeah. Did you learn a lot from osmosis from those guys as far as, like, yeah
3: how to be a pro? Absolutely. Well, before that, it, not even before that, at that same time, it was, we were going on trips, and it was, like, Jeremy Jones, Seth Hewitt, J.P. Walker, Simone Chamberlain. Yeah, crewed up. Just talk about, like, being in that position with, as a kid, like JP in tech, that was in my stocking when I was a kid.
0: It's tech like detective, diff. Tech diff. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out
3: So I'm, now I'm strapping in next to this guy and it's like just surreal kind of, you know, but beyond like that, I did learn so much about how to be a pro and how to carry yourself, how to build shit, how to take care of your body, like all these things. And I was pretty like anti at first, but learning that over time. Has helped me a ton Just seeing how those guys operate Because they were treating it like a job And it was They were making good money Like I was starting to make pretty good. It was like time to take this shit serious And it felt kind of cool too Like in the winter This is what we're doing You know So they took me under the wing and, and really showed me a lot for sure
0: Well that's beautiful Um While we're on the subject of video parts I think it might be time to uh Pivot into a little section of the show Called name that video part Uh oh <laughs> Name that video part is presented by the Dew Tour, one of the best events in snowboarding. And most importantly, they support us. You should support them. Without them, this podcast probably wouldn't be possible. So shout out to the Dew Tour. And let's get into Name that video part. Now, Joe, what's your confidence level? Zero through ten. Seven.
1: Seven. Ooh, that's he's, high, dude. Yeah, people are usually like <laughs> way down low. I like the confidence. I like the confidence, authority, and normally, confidence. as long as
3: it's from my era, I think I'm going to be all right. He
0: gave me a couple uh, breadcrumbs, you could say. Yeah, <clears> but um, seven. I like. Seven. Normally, his normally confidence. it's the negatives. Yeah, normally it's really? negatives you, or one. Think we'll two, ever get anybody threes? in the
3: t- like at ten? Like. I
1: got it. Scotty Stevens, baby. Or just
3: someone, yeah, Scott knows a lot. He would probably be a 10. What's but your, he's,
1: he wouldn't come in he and say admit 10, it though. though. Yeah, nah. he wouldn't say 10.
3: And I might be shooting myself in the foot with a 7. but I, I would have liked if you said 11. 11. What's your confidence? I'm extremely 10? confident. 11. 17. I'm extremely confident. <laughs> 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 all right, let's do this. Uh, Baby's gonna be all right. Justin Hebel, love-hate. Movie's correct. Oh, shit. Woo! Wait, whoa, whoa, wait. You want it again? Hold <laughs> on. Play it again. Oh, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait.
3: Oh, no. Oh, oh, oh right. fuck. Love, hate, Mikey LeBlanc.
0: That's correct. Um, Unfortunately, <laughs> he didn't get it right the first we time. We can cut it, right? Get- no, we can't cut it. <laughs> what we have here? What do we have for him, buds? God, I got so excited. Uh, we should
1: take a couple items out, maybe. Yeah, let's he didn't, so, You know? Yeah. All right. He didn't That's get it That's all. We're going to remove Just give some me items. the cooler. Let's-
0: Give me the damn cooler. <laughs> let's take something out of there. I can see those Midwestern. Oh, you got your bomb hole cooler. Oh, let's nah, give a sick it bang. give it all to them. <laughs> we got a bomb hole mug in here. We got stickers. I like the mug. We got Stony Bud's air. I Fresh want that. And we have a crew neck bomb hole.
3: Thank you very much. Uh, you this got is the cool. movie right. This is really cool. Yeah, go pack go. Yeah, go pack go. You can Thank take you.
1: that uh, fishing in the summer with you.
3: And I was trying to think of what I could do with this.
1: Put it in the truck. Go fishing.
3: It'll be at the bottom of a handrail filled with just ice-cold beers. Perfect. That be that.
0: Okay, let's go to part two of naming That Video Part for the viewers. Listeners, if you know what video part this is, uh, comment on the picture of Joe's Instagram post on the bomb hole uh, when his airs, and you get a chance to win a sticker pack. Now, I'm going to give you a little breadcrumb, a little bit of a hint. The Midwesterners, this is a classic. Okay, here we go. Yeah.
3: Alright, that's all you get. That's all they get. Dang.
1: I know what song that is. I know the part. I might know the part. Joe Joe actually suggested that I didn't part. Suggest it. Can I say I if see back. if I know it? Yeah. Is it- yes, it is. <laughs>
2: hey, you know, how the fuck's he <laughs> yes. it yes? Hey, Dude, Joe, Buds. That's know really no good.
0: One. You know what, buds? Do you know the buds, movie?
3: The, I want a prize pack! Do you know the you,
0: movie? You know what you get, buds? You get the new air horn. We got a new oh. air horn. Oh, new Damn. air horn. This is a this is a super air horn from DJ Matty Moe. Here we go.
2: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> that air horn gets me hyped That one's crazy That one's a, It's pretty subtle Yeah yeah. That <laughs> Dude Bud's got one That's crazy Sorry viewers and listeners Has he never week, got it's one? He's never got one I
2: can't
3: believe you got that That's a deep cut too
0: I would think like Nobody would get that Because it's underground
2: <laughs>
1: Right? Isn't that the artist? No but that's
3: like Not in a, It was in Like This movie mm-hmm.
1: which is, I hang yeah. with uh you know, you go on those trips. They, you sit and watch those movies that's, with those guys. That's true. That's true. And I'm a big uh, fan. As am I. <laughs> that makes three of
3: us. That
0: makes that makes three of us. All right, let's talk about. Uh, let's go non chronological because this is a good jump off point. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> so you and I have spent a lot of time together over the years, and uh, we both ride for 32. We both filmed for 32. Uh, their one of their big movies they made called 2032. Now, after we were done filming for that, they did a giant premiere tour all around the world. Yeah. And we were on a 31-day premiere tour where you basically go to a shop every single night. And then you wake up in the morning. You go to a new city. And there's drinking. And there's beers. And I was drinking a lot at the time. Yeah. You were drinking a lot at the time. And yeah. it sounds like this amazing life. You know, you fly over to Europe. You do the same thing. But you and I had a... It was a great experience, but it was a it was a treacherous... Trying experience. Do you want to just kind of dive into that?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we both when when Cook was like, you're going to go to Europe and it's just going to be you and Grundy's and I, I was like, oh cool, how long? He's like, well, thirty one days. Was just the two of you. It was it just the. We, we, we
0: were on like we we met up with the Euro team in Europe, but for the first Midwest half of the way yeah, yeah, it was just me and Joe. So wow. We, so we
3: started out in Minneapolis and like my whole family came. And Chris and my brother were doing push-ups shirtless in the bar. Yeah, we were having a good time. (laughs) That's how it started off. Like, it was in Minneapolis, like, the first night. And we got, like, turned up that night. And then we went to Milwaukee, I think, then Chicago, and then Europe. But, yeah, I think what you're saying, like, we thought it was going to be super glamorous and fun. But it's, like, after seven, eight days of that in a row, it starts to wear on your body. And you realize that this isn't, like, good for you. By the end of the trip, me and Chris both were having, like, panic attacks. And, like, I had this fluttering in my chest for, like, the last three nights that I was, we were both, like, we, should, we want to go to the doctor. Dude, the I hospital. had to go to
1: the doctor after one of those, the Sims tour. Dude. They, whoever books those things does not think about the human. There was no. <laughs> <And> the human is <laughs> yeah, not come it. into the, <laughs> the uh, one every night is just not doable. There
3: was no break. Yeah. It was, like, we'd be in the car all day, and then and then and then we were telling Russ, too, is like, you got to go and be on that night. So it's like, you know, the kids that are there want to see
1: Chris.
2: He's yeah, otherwise be, you might damaged. He's got to be damage, ball till you <laughs> fall on the stage. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <He's> got- <laughs> and the only way to get there is drinking. He's got puke all over his jacket. Come on. <laughs> Night 24. Yeah. Wheelchairs like, are brought out dude, with you guys in them. Bro, this shit got dark. Yeah. It did get
3: dark. Yeah,
0: And there was one point we, we were in Europe somewhere and I was having like a panic attack, you know, yeah. after drinking for, because the thing is, you know, this, oh, your life's so hard. Yeah, like, granted, sure, in hindsight, if I go back and I was like taking care of myself. Yeah, it would have been a lot. But like we were young More and fun. just hammering beers. And when you're hungover, the great way to cure, cure a hangover is to hammer more beers. Yeah. So that was our cycle. So by like day eight, I would, if I didn't drink, I would be shaking. Cause I drink, you know, drink 30 beers like yeah. every, every day or whatever it is. And,
1: and you start early too. Cause I, you don't have a choice. It's.
3: I remember being in Finland and for one of those or um, with Tony Kirkula. And I, I was like, there was all this free beer in the back and I was having like this weird chest. Flurry. It was just, I learned later. It's just anxiety. Yeah, like, you that's you all it was. A, a early stages of a panic 100%, attack. hundred percent. And I have this anxiety. And then after like three, four, five beers, the anxiety goes away. And I'm like, Oh, that was weird. <laughs> and then I'm on stage, <laughs> like, ah <laughs> and then wake up and that dang anxiety's back.
1: <laughs> four more beers. Oh, okay. Yeah, great. I, he
0: wasn't doing drugs. Then you take me out. Yeah. I, I was sprinkling in like drugs and, yes, and you he got to see my, my yeah. dark side. Whenever. Yeah, I don't do
3: I don't do drugs, but I remember being in Milwaukee. This is like day two, day three, and we go to get dinner with um, Ryan Bachman was a 32 guy. We just went to get dinner, like get in late seven o'clock, have dinner, have one beer. Chris is pacing. The, p- Chris is pacing the restaurant, trying to find cocaine. And I remember thinking in my head, like that is not a good, especially that's like, for day two. <laughs> it was, he got in some, a sketchy car and just drove off. Yeah. He left his phone. We we're like, where'd he go? And it took like two hours and he comes back and he's got what he wanted to get. But we were just like, I was like, holy shit. Like
1: I felt really, were you the only one partaking?
0: At yeah. that time, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, now, That's what now it was—it just wasn't even a party night. It was yeah. like the start. We were like yeah. let's go, the, yeah. And so it I led to
1: Chris quitting, you know. Yeah, now I'm sober, for and, sure.
0: And but yeah, you you got to kind of. I, I had a drug problem. You for have to sure. identify and, and, if and I had yeah. a drinking problem, and but you know while we were there, dude. I mean, I don't want to, like, we went to a Green Bay Packers game. Yeah. Like, oh, that, and, like, you was know, some- those guys, like,
2: goal pack, goal. <laughs> <laughs> like, we were just
0: shit-faced. Like, there was, I don't want to make it sound like, yeah, I, I had a drug problem. I was doing a lot of drugs. Luckily, like, you know, I found my rock bottom, and if anybody's struggling. On that trip? That, that led to a lot of other things, because a result of that trip. You know, my significant other at the time, I mean, you got things got out of control. i not going to get into details. I ended up leaving me and all, all these things, right? So, so the result of my actions, I, I was hurting people around me and, and lots of other things like that. So so we don't need to get on that subject. But, you know, if you're having a hard time, struggling with it, you can find me on the gram. I'm always happy to talk about sobriety and been there. But, uh, like, at the yeah, end of the day, we did have fun, too, like like getting shit-faced yeah. at the Green Bay
3: game. But go ahead with – All with that your, shit was fun, and to so what you're saying is, like, and I will. I don't. I've told you this before personally, but I'm really impressed with you, yourself and how much you've done a life change, or to use your word, pivot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> your life, life pivot.
3: But you, I mean, you did. Like you just talk about that trip we were on, and how his mindset was then, and then when the rock bottom thing happened, how much you changed and like changed everything around you in a big way is not something a lot of people can do. And I think a lot of people try to blame outside things, and you blamed yourself and you took accountability. And I just really. Really respect that.
1: Thank you. Now Joe. you're, what, four Appreciate. half years?
0: Yeah, four, uh, four years in October, so it'll be, yeah, just a little over four. Yeah. It's, so it's really impressive. Definitely impressive. No, I, I,
1: I got a drug problem. I can't find any drugs. <laughs> 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 just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get the aggressive air horn one more time? Yeah. I
0: don't know if that one calls for it, but, you know, yeah, it is. It's an interesting one. Like, you know, you hear... Not to, but you, oh, you, this life, you get to be flown around and that's what I want. And at the end of the day, like when you actually get doing that, when it happens, it's not necessarily the life it's cracked up to be in some way. I
3: remember being on that trip and just being like, I want to go film. Like, I want to go and do what we do more than like talk about the video part. Mm -hmm. I remember just being like, ah, I don't want to even talk about this. I want to go get... Get Who some more
1: organizes shit? these tours where you don't have any breaks? You know, this is I mean? just a, a like, they want to save a dollar, and it's like it was, give, the, give the guys a day off here and there.
3: At the same time, like thank you for bringing us to Europe, you know. Yeah. But it was it like should be every we, other night. You yeah, know? we got to Barcelona, It was like dream city, and I just you can't even like, enjoy it. Yeah, we, me and Chris were like we're gonna drink water in the hotel room. Like, we're just trying <laughs> to like get out of this panic attack. But so it was wild. maybe just a couple days too long. But other other than that, it was it was incredible, and we got to like know each other really well. You travel with someone that long and. It made us really good friends. How
1: know? come they didn't throw the rest of the team in there? You guys were the everyone only did ones different down. legs, like, uh, like J- Some people did China, yeah, China with oh. JP, some people did like Dude, you know, East Coast. You and, guys yeah. going 30 days in China would be a rough one, yeah.
0: So, uh, we're talking about 32, we're talking about Scott Stevens. Uh, I happen to have a guest question from Scott Stevens. Now, the guest question yes. is presented by Solomon Snowboards. Uh, one thing I want to talk about with Solomon is their district bindings. Now, a couple of public riders, Joe's company, uh, Kreger, Ben Billado, they ride the district bindings, and they seem to really like them. I personally really like them. They have a soft heel cup that kind of molds to your boot. But uh, if you're looking for some bindings, the Solomon districts are great. They support us. You should support them. Now, let's get into the guest question from Scotty Stevens. Here we go.
1: <clears throat> All right, Joe. I uh,
0: have a strange question because this one's kind of geared towards me, but I think you guys will have fun with this. So um, remember that water shoot we went on and um, the hair and makeup chick that was doing uh, um, my hair and makeup? What, this is, sounds crazy, but this actually you want, happened. You want um, up again? Can you elaborate to Chris and Eastone about... Um, like how much i got my foot caught in my mouth properly because this will be funnier to hear from your experience because i know um it was uh saying the word cringy is cringy but it was a cringy it was it was pretty pretty bad on my part but i wish i was there to defend myself so kind of throwing myself how much more <laughs> like you guys are gonna have fun with this
2: oh well,
1: that's is he going to start talking
2: That's, again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and one more thing, I
1: just remembered this. He goes silent for five minutes. He's still talking.
3: Gosh, that is so classic, Scott. And not only does he put his foot in his mouth once, twice, now three times by bringing it up about five years later, he wants me to talk about this. I guess uh, so. Yeah, Scott, I remember that. Um, the way I so – we were on a shoot for Fred Water, and we were in L.A. And there's a hair and makeup lady – For the shoot, which is kind of funny because it's like we're just snowboarders and she's kind of doing makeup and hair. And I got my stuff done by her and it was kind of no big deal. She – the lady had stomach surgery. So she was kind of like feeling her stomach a bit and just kind of like – and it was kind of like she was like – like kind of doing that a bunch. And I noticed it and I'm not like Scott so I didn't say anything. But Scott gets in there and instantly (laughs) he goes, so when are you due? (laughs) (laughs) and she goes what do you mean he's like you're pregnant and she's like i'm not pregnant i just had stomach surgery and he's like so okay like that (laughs) so instead of that and just being an awkward exchange between the two of them now for some reason i'm next to him with her again and he goes joe you're not gonna believe what i said to her and I'm like, and she's, like, and she's right there. And he's he, like, didn't, he didn't know she was right there. Right? He, did. Oh, he did. He okay. knew she he was just so like, yeah. And he, and he, and he, and he oh. goes, he's like, I asked her if she was pregnant. And I, I'm just like, okay, like, <laughs> what do you want me to say to this? And, and she was just like, there, like, why are you bringing this up again? It was just such an awkward thing, but it's so Scott. And it reminds me of the time, I don't think anybody knows this one, but this is another foot and mouth one. Sorry, Stephen, i to throw you into the bus. We have a meeting with Cook about 2032. You heard this one? No. We go to Mammoth. Cook pulls like me, Stevens, a couple other guys aside. Just so you guys know, we're going to do this team movie. Some guys aren't going to be in it, so let's just keep it low-key, but we wanted to tell you guys there's going to be a team movie. Keep it between us because there are going to be people here that may not be a part of it. Got it. Great. Thanks, Cook. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. John Cooley walks into the room, and he goes, what's up, guys? Scott goes, I'll tell you what. I'm just fired up about this team movie we're going to (laughs) make. He just instantly, and, and it's almost like he says it and he's like, I, Why did I say that? Like, he's just like, John's here. John, don't say it. Don't say it. It's a tea movie. So, that's just so Scott. It really is. <laughs> he's, he's the best. I love Scott to death.
0: <laughs> oh, my good Lord. That's funny. But we're on that
3: Europe trip, and he's doing this interview, and Chris is like, he's about to give this kid money out of his wallet. He's just like, he's just so, what do you, what do you need from me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll tell you, the prime example of Scott being like a, such a yes man, We've been, uh, we, we'd be signature pros at Hike Cascade, and they'd do like a game of skate with all the campers, right? And we'd run out of product, right? And Scott would eventually... Just start giving the money out of his wallet. <laughs> really?
3: <laughs> just t- text me after this if that's not enough. But I can. I'll. I can run to the ATM if that.
0: If I, that was a great kickflip. Do you need another oh twenty? Or-
3: <laughs> Scott is so incredible.
1: What a great. Well, while, guy. while
0: we're on the subject, you two. I wasn't there. Can we talk about a Stony Bud story from yeah. Oslo what? trip? Yeah, can please. I, Let's me, do it.
3: Me have stories? I mean, I don't even know where to start. But just. Wa- waking up to you sleepwalking and making <laughs> making coffee that was like coming out of the coffee maker. You're just like, like,
1: <laughs> wasn't that it trying was like, to brew
3: a
0: forty?
1: You were ounce trying latte to brew, or
3: yeah. <laughs> You had like the filter in the coffee. And you're just like, and it was all the coffee was like going dumping over, and then you grabbed like a vase of water. And, just, <laughs> uh, and I think I was like, T-stone like, what are you doing? And you're just like. Yelling about something, and I was like, what is going on? Dude. You were jet-lagged or something, but you were, and then JP was like, Stone's up to no good, dude. Like,
1: (laughs) I do this sometimes. Yeah. My chick has uh, crazy videos and and like audio of me talking in my (laughs) sleep, walking around in my sleep. It's incredible. It's like Step Brothers where there's stuff and shit in the oven. Yeah, no
3: one wanted to wake you up, but I was just like. I
1: actually do that. Yeah.
0: It was crazy. I, I got another good Stony Buds one from Quebec, actually. He did a sleepwalk uh, Well, I believe you woke up in the middle of the night and chugged a bunch of milk <laughs> and <laughs> ate some berries because there was like a gallon of milk and some berries on the counter. And then you were all like sick from, I mean, I think you're not supposed to drink that much milk as a person. <laughs> And then in the morning, you woke up, and what what happened in the morning? Didn't you, like...
1: I fell down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I I got mean, my... You had to throw up. You had to throw up, right? I had lo- my long underwear that stuck <laughs> under my heel on these wooden stairs. <laughs> <laughs> and <I'm... laughs>
0: i and I remember you, there was one point where you had to puke or something, and you're like, bathroom, bathroom, I need a bathroom. <laughs> Everyone was in the w- bathroom. And then Worm's upstairs. He goes, everybody needs the bathroom, bud. And you're, like, on the, work, the verge of
3: puking. <laughs>
0: oh, well, I had to
1: fall down the stairs, puke in a bucket. <laughs> oh, my Hey, god. who got I, that, was out I got you that day. bucket, though. I got you. Yeah. I
3: got your back on that <laughs> long underwear wedged under the heel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my my chick is so used to me talking to my sleep. It's just like she doesn't even like. It's not a thing anymore. She's just used to it. You Need sleep tape. She's learned. <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> Dude, she learned that you just the best thing is not to engage. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, that's because then I'll just go back to sleep. But if if I get engaged with, I start. It goes. It escalates.
3: Yeah, I don't think we engaged with you, but I was like, I was like. I get tripped out by that stuff because it's, it's like weird. a weird, like freaky thing, and I remember just being like,
1: "Oh, like it's weird." Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to try what this
0: guy's on. He's on. He's on a very progressive. Uh, he basically let me let me just tell you what he does. Actually, he's this is fucking ludicrous. You wake up in the morning and he's, you're like, you're like Joe, what's up? He's like, Rrr. I'm like, what? He's got his mouth taped shut. He tapes his mouth shut to go to sleep. Yeah, Why?
3: Me and my brother both do it. Uh, my brother saw a trainer of his that told him to do it. And I tried it and I really, I liked how much, how good of sleep I got. It's, there's a bunch of science behind it. You can go to consciousbreathing.com. I don't, I'm not sponsored by them. Consciousbreathing.com,
1: is that real? It's real. And it's just
3: like your cells rebuild. There's all these things. They talk about if you're breathing through your mouth for a long time. I mean, people do breathing exercises, right? Like through your nose for 20 minutes. Think about nine hours. You just do it for nine hours. What are
1: you talking like? uh, Yeah, it's sleep tape. It's basically duct tape.
3: It's sleep tape. You just go like this and then you just. Read through your nose.
0: There's times during the day where I wish he had the duct tape on
1: his <laughs> mouth uh, all day. Dude, my wife's going to want to get me up in some That's of that so thing. I can't talk. Yeah. she will just be...
3: <laughs>
1: She'll end up tying me down yeah. so I can't get out of the bed and some sleep tape. We're yeah. good to go.
3: No, it's crazy. I mean, people can look it up. It's, it's definitely we'll, a, we'll put it in the show notes. It's progressive, but... i got it, a
1: photo of them, too. I'll, I'll drop it. It's pretty interesting. Yeah.
3: It's pretty funny. But
1: did you walk out not knowing about it, and this guy's just <laughs> mouth I think tapes, we talked yeah. about it
3: before, and I said something about
1: it, so no one would think. I tried to. Yeah, I tried weird to uh, on. I tried He's to, like, you're all trying to look at the yeah. photo. <laughs>
0: So we're gonna get into a new section of the show. Are we going, Resi? We're going. This is what we're gonna call Resi Talk. Okay. Um, for yes. This, for those of you who are not familiar with a reservoir tip beanie, <laughs> aka a Resi beanie, Buds and I, we love a love. good Resi. If you're if you're listening, the gnome to the left of Buds has a gigantic Resi. Um, so you know, I think it's come comes from a reservoir tip of a condom. How there's a little excess. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we're fascinated with Resis, and I, I would say this is almost. Um, for the listeners we're looking at a picture of of Joe and it's like a Hall of Fame caliber resi tip
1: and that's that's real huh yeah, that's, that's not that's all real. sky high and, that I'm, and for the record people.
3: I'm not proud of that so yeah, you, you don't, know, don't like that. he has got the, the anti resi I'm not going. proud of that one but Chris for a while Chris would just send me that every 4 months I just <laughs> I'd get a text of that and I'm just like okay great yeah I mean I you I could have folded it but you didn't You know what it is folded that's oh, scary dude that's a
1: great hat right there that because if you unfolded just, that it would be you really like, just
3: need that just to ruin a clip for me I'm <laughs> just like God
0: well part of me would almost wants to just grab a tape measure and see what we can get like <laughs> so what kind of what kind of height we're
3: looking at so tall it
1: looks crazy so but for a while you were into resi tips huh
3: I was never super into them
1: it no. just happened
3: yeah it's like you're just riding and the thing just starts going up
1: some beanies yeah they start to stretch elongate yeah okay. I think
3: that's one of those taller ones that you roll and then the roll kind of it just goes up yeah.
1: You you have a serious anti resi tip blocker going on right now. Yeah, this isn't going. Yeah, on. that's not this gonna go going. This isn't going anywhere.
0: I've noticed, like, uh, let's talk about the vans video. They have a strong anti resi uh, stance in yeah, that video. If,
1: if you have a reservoir tip, you're not going to get a part in that video. You're not getting on. No vans matter with how, how good your riding is. Yeah. yeah I heard Cole's
3: last trick. He had a re- Tanner cut it, and made him refill it
1: because <laughs> <laughs> he had a resi tip. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore, man. They set you down day one, and they're like, "We catch you with a resi tip."
3: Yeah. It's actually in the contract. That's
1: strike one, son. You 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 want strikes, you're
2: out of here. The
0: fold where it's well above the ears. Joe's actually wearing kind of one of those
1: anti-Resi to combat the Resi. We went out to dinner with him once in uh, (laughs) Helsinki, man. It just (laughs)
3: reminds me of Austin Granger landing headwear hat.
1: (laughs) 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 What a big. (laughs) Get a (laughs) grenade.
3: <laughs> Chris, Chris like, he had uh, Austin Grager had this land, was coming a landing headwear. They only made like giant resi tips, and he was he was single, and he was like seeing Chris is like, how are girls even talking to him with this hat on? That's what Chris He's wearing had- like a lime green resi tip. I remember and, that hat. And, <laughs> and Chris is like, how are girls even talking to him with this hat on? I can't even look at him. It
0: was insane. I remember that hat. That was a memorable <clears throat> yeah. hat. Landing Honestly, headwear. I almost want to track a couple of those down and grab, yeah.
3: dust those up. Um,
0: Dude, uh, speaking of that era, the one thing that was amazing too is at the time, you know, we were hanging out together. I think you kind of lived with Austin and myself oh, yeah. for a few months in the winter. And uh, you rode for Planet Earth. Yeah. And you would just, you basically threw all your shit in a closet. <laughs> yeah. and, and then our, our one buddy Roger actually, he just took a bunch of Planet, Planet Earth gear years. Yeah. yeah. And he was basically, he was essentially like on the team.
3: Yeah, uh, he was on the team. <laughs> I think I left and left a bunch of stuff, and I just saw him with like all my jacket and pants, and like stickers on his board and stuff. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I got yeah.
1: a uh, Patreon question oh. kind of around this. Oh, cool. This topic is this
3: so they know it's me, and then they ask or no? Yeah, they, they know they know that
1: you're the guest. Oh, cool. Yeah, Sweet. So these this question is tailored to you. Oh, cool. Tailored this one's me. actually from Jason Newman. You know who that is? Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. That's, that's Honda. That's Let's Honda give him a Super Airhorn. <laughs> yeah. He gets one. Of- Whoa. Yeah. That's for
1: Honda. Wow.
3: I'm a little nervous of what Honda's got.
1: It's kind of a lot of questions filtered into one. I don't know if I was going to just ask you one of them. I'll just read it all. Yeah. So, yeah, what was the weirdest thing Joe witnessed when he lived with Austin Granger a million years ago in Utah? (laughs) Does he even remember that time? Then he he goes on to kind of ask some more questions here. What about the main difference between filming for FODT and MacDog Mm -hmm. or anything about filming It Ain't Easy? Mm -hmm. If that squad was put together now, it would be all-star. But in that time, it was fresh and new. be cool to hear Joe uh, talk a bit about this stuff. By the way, this is Hondo, he said. (laughs) Uh, So, I don't know, there's a lot of questions. I guess just tackle.
3: Yeah, I guess the first one, the weirdest thing we saw is, remember Granger got, like, Red Bull flow? So, he had, like, uh, just cases of Red Bull. And that's what we would drink, like, as water, which was... Funny that I turned that down. Yeah, you years turned later. the deal down, and he used to just pound it. Yeah, maybe that was it <laughs> scarred me. But he would do that, and then we made pizza rolls. He had a he had a deep what is it, a deep fryer? We deep fryer. We deep the fryer hot everything. oil, and we would just make. I thought I was eating healthy. I'm like, oh, nice. Like I'm making my own dinner. I'm self sufficient. It was just pizza rolls, it but was it was crazy. a deep fryer, yeah. so everything. We, and I was like, oh, you can put Oreos in here. Like, <laughs> so we would just like lived like scumbags. That was probably the weirdest thing I saw there. It was a tiny little place. Mm. You, Granger, Roger Bodie, too.
0: Shit, it was like a one
3: bedroom place, it. and I yeah, had like a small. little. I slept on the floor. Like, it was just, we just go. I
2: didn't know you all it. lived together. That's air, awesome. Air
3: mattresses, deflated.
2: Just, yeah. You know, deflated. you wake up on the porcelain yeah. floor. And
3: whatever. we went to a, that one, went to rail gardens. Remember that? We did the rail gardens, and we would just go film every day. Um, and what was the question about it, filming? It ain't easy.
0: That would be fun to talk about the roster. It stuff. ain't
3: easy. Well, we were in Firefight. Or Firefight. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I filmed for any. That was a year after. That was when you did Tech Nine. Yeah. But the main difference between FODTs, that was when we first met Stone. With Cole and
1: how did I even get Tanino sponsored me in the movie. Yeah, I was I was trying to think about that. How I did you get for Nitro. I was on
3: Nitro and I and I filmed for Bald Eagle Productions and then I think I had won Nationals and then it was like kind of I was Didn't she have long hair, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Well I was starting to get long. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh I then Tanino was like we we want to put you in a movie and I was like, Oh cool and I think I was into that shit at the time, like baggies, yeah. I swear you had like a jersey. Oh, Dude, I was so influenced by, I loved Aaron Bittner, Benny, yeah. like all that shit. Like that was my, my everything. So you I got young asked, influence. They were like, what do you want to film for? I was like, I mean, tech nine would be sick, you know? <laughs> so I filmed for tech nine and you guys came to Minnesota we kind of like showed, like we, we filmed around and then I came to Salt Lake. I only did like a couple trips with you guys, yeah. but ended up with like a little half part in the movie and everyone still asked me what, if I rode for tech nine. and I'm like, no, I didn't. I was riding for union then yeah. and, and nitro. But I wanted to ride for Tech Nine. <laughs> Cause Cole, I remember Cole like went to Foot Locker and bought tall tees. I was like, give me a medium tall tee.
2: <laughs> medium tall yeah." Tee, that's
3: tight. And I was just like the same with everything, I just was so influenced and I just kinda of went all in. Just I was excited. like, this is so sick. Yeah. And and you guys were from out of town, so it was a cool thing. And I think the difference between that and MacDog was maybe just a little bit more, like, I remember I was kind of in your squad, but not as much, and then with those guys, I was kind of a part of a crew. Full part of the crew. Yeah, but, <clears throat> I mean, it was sick meeting you and shooting Is that when you started, stuff.
1: when you went on to shoot with MacDog, is that when you kind of met JP? And-
3: um, yeah, that was, <clears throat> the Cheers was that first one, and JP had gotten on Stepchild right at that same time. Yeah. So that's when all that stuff kind of happened. But that was, and it was people. It was, like, people. Pierre and those guys. Yeah. So it wasn't as much MacDog. It was, like, MacDog's under his umbrella but it was people and those guys
1: that was a good movie too though that was
3: sweet that was really really
0: cool uh going back to what you said earlier i just got to kind of chime in on the granger story because there's one in particular (laughs) that just jumped out at me that we used to fuck with granger because he rode for uh drop gloves i believe (laughs) and we would he would get a box (laughs) and what we would do is he would get a box from drop we would open it up take all the new drop gloves out and then put old used celtic gloves in the packaging <laughs> tape it back up and then film him as he opened it and just watch utter confusion just be like what is going
1: on
2: here oh, it's so good you guys open, really did yeah, that
0: <laughs> we'd watch him open it up and he'd just be like
3: Dude, what the fuck? They sent me used Celtec gloves. <laughs> Granger was nothing but not if not loyal though. Yeah. If he got a new sponsor, landing drop that was he was flying.
1: Gordini, the flag. Gordini goggles. Gordini goggles.
3: Gordini goggles. G- geez, he had a good good roster.
0: Good for a roster. roster. Oh,
1: so you know that uh, I would say that fry later you were talking about yeah. the frying machine is yeah. kind of what spawned his cooking career. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. I be. remember he brought that thing over to my house once See? and made chicken wings. Yeah. Dude. It was legit. the start, and now he's just a pro chef for Traeger. Yeah,
3: it's awesome. It's, it's definitely I haven't awesome. seen him for a while either. Miss that dude.
1: I saw him at Brighton. He's up there cooking yeah, the other Scott. day. Yeah. Yeah. Doing this. I know. Hey, I got another Patreon question Let's for hear. you while we're yeah while we're in the Patreon questions. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from Maverick Killed Goose. Is there <laughs> Oh, okay. their, their great handle? Great handle. Uh he says, Hey Bombhole, I want to ask Joe about filming with JP for this video sucks, and if he really had to put his jacket on for him.
3: (laughs) Sick. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, that was like, it was obviously theatrics a little bit, but he was the Don back then, and I was just, I think that was my, I hadn't turned pro, I hadn't turned pro yet, yeah. So it was like, that was the running joke, was to your pro, son, like, Jack it up, dude. Like <laughs> <laughs> So Uncanny in person. Yeah, that was so that's good. pretty much every spot. He's like, Don's tired. <laughs> Where's my coffee, dude? <laughs> So I think it was just kind of a running joke. It's obvious but you
1: I've, spent a lot of time with him. You sound did, yeah. just like him.
3: But I fed into it, too. I loved that. Yeah. I loved the dynamic. Like, I, I was very, like, respect your elders, and he paved the way. I, I wasn't, you know, it was funny to put the jacket on him and shit like that. But on a more serious note, he, like I said, he show, he showed me so much and taught me so much.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of worth it, right? Totally, yeah.
3: So I think, like, all that stuff was funny, but it was still, like, it came from a place of, like, I'll put your fucking jacket respect. on, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that was, uh, those are cool times. for He sure.
1: is the Don and he's offering you knowledge. So I mean, yeah. Why and not make the most of it?
3: Yeah. And just, if that's the first thing you see when you start snowboarding, like you know, I don't, and we were watching some of those older documentaries and there's all this stuff before. I'm like, love that respect that. But it started right here for me
1: for you. Yeah. So
3: I'm like, this is the dude. And mm-hmm. like other people, like before, maybe like see it differently, but I'm like that to me. This is what it is. You and know? he's
1: picky about who he likes to hang with too. He, so yeah, I got lucky with yeah. that one. Yeah,
3: and he even for the just way like I was let dre- anyone go
1: in that dude, and, get and for the way I was dressing
3: back then, I thought I thought I'd be shunned. Like <laughs> he was so all big baggy gear, and that's when I was wearing jeans and stuff like that. And I think he's just like, what are those, dude? Like, <laughs> 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 but I think he got a kick out of it too, and he, he he was funny about it. Well, going
0: back to like Joe and I. Have both of our first videos technical difficulties, so it's the it's the guy for us. But then also travel in the world, we're both on thirty two. Yeah, we both you know fast forward. You watch tech diff. Fast forward ten years later or whatever it is. You know we're traveling the world with the yeah. guy that is the guy. And and you would do things like I remember we went to a New Zealand tour, and I was like JP, play me in pool. Come on, I'm like drinking. Mm-hmm. I'm being a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Come on, JP, play me in pool. Do, come on, don't be a bitch. Play me in pool. Whatever I'm saying to him, he's like, fine, dude, I'll play or whatever. You know, he, <laughs> he picks up the pool stick, breaks clears the entire table. I don't even get to go once. (laughs) Really? And dude, I've never seen anybody do this in my life. And then he wouldn't play the rest. Like he played once (laughs) ruined me. And then that was was it. And so he would do shit like that where you're like, damn dude, this dude's really got it like He's the dawn.
3: Goes out on top. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fun shit. Well, everybody knows you from your video parts and all this crazy shit you've done. What are you on? Like 12, something like that.
3: Yeah. Something like that.
0: But, um, during the midst of all this stuff, you had a really traumatic brain injury, and yeah. I feel like it's been kind of like not talked about. And I've been there on the phone with you through a lot of this stuff, and been and seen yeah. seen the the whole process of you smoking your head and then getting better. Do you want to talk about a the injury, what happened, and then b the continuous road to recovery from that?
3: Yeah, totally. Um, I'm, I'm not like weird about talking about it either because it's like. It's just something that most people are like, I can't have so much trauma around it. But I I think for me, it just came with the territory. It's like fucked up on a spot. And it just, it happened, right? So I remember we were filming in Minnesota. It was filming for Mayday that year. And I was with Jake Kuzik and he's filming for his Welcome to Vans thing. There's a lot of pressure around like Jake filming his Vans thing. And I remember they were trying to film a line. And I had already had a decent amount of footage and I was just kind of feeling good. And I just remember trying to get something at every spot. And I wasn't even necessarily into this rail or this this spot. I just kind of was like, I just want to keep – every day I go out, I just want to get something. And so I got fired up and tried to do back 180 on to this kink rail, and then I was going to try to switch board side the one beneath it. But it wasn't even like – we weren't filming a line. It was going to be long lens. So it was just sort of like – and looking back on like I told Chris, I'm like even when I dropped in for the one I got smoked on, something felt weird. Like I had moved the ramp or something. I, felt I was going way too slow, and I still tried it back 180 on. And I kind of don't get all the way around. So I go and I kick straight to switch front board. And then the kink is really flat, like really short. So, uh, you know, you hit it and it kind of shoots you out. So I'm doing switch front board. I'm kind of like this. And I'm like, like, say in the clip, I'm like, oh, fuck. Because like I'm I know what's going to happen. But I hit the flat and do like a half front flip. And kind of go to grab the bar because I thought it was maybe longer. And I kind of go to grab it and miss. And then I do like a full flip basically just right under my head, under the corner of the stair.
1: Normally you would kind of catch yourself. You know what I mean? Like if it
3: was long, you would, you could kind of do that and like stop yourself. Yeah. And if if that worked, that would have been great. But I kind of went to grab and I just kind of missed and, uh, woke up at the bottom of the stairs. Like I thought I was sledding. I don't know if I ever told you that. Nope. I was like, what happened? And then they're like, dude, like don't move or something. And I was like, was I sledding? I thought I grabbed a kid's sled. And was on my feet, like how you would. And I thought I slipped out on the sled. Oh, wow. And hit my head. That's what I thought happened were at you, first. Were
0: you snoring and stuff? Or yeah, you were snoring,
3: out snoring.
1: Full snoring. Right? Yeah.
3: Eyes yeah. <clears throat> in the back of my head. And I think I might have been bleeding out of my ear a little bit.
1: Oh, I remember hearing you are bleeding out of so your ear. So then it was like,
3: it was Tanner Pendleton. It was Sam Fenton. Jake Kuzik were there. And I remember like, dude, the craziest was just opening my eyes and seeing the look on their faces was fucked. Like, yeah. They were so concerned. They were scared. Yeah. And yeah, it scared you. And then they're just like... So then I kind of get up, and then it's like I instantly... T- room starts spinning, I start throwing up. And I remember that Arto clip where he does that. I'm like, fuck, that was bad for him. Like, this is going to be bad. Paramedics come. I'm, like, puking. They're, like, cutting off all my shit. Just the feeling of, like, sheer survival.
1: Why were they cutting off all your stuff?
3: Just trying to get me into the... Um, well, they cut off. They cut off something like a, my jacket or something. Maybe just to help you breathe, breathe or something. Yeah, and and I, uh, and then they were just like, get me in the ambulance. And I remember being in the ambulance, like looking up, and just being like, as long as my eyes are open and I'm breathing, yeah, I'm fucking alive. But it was a real crazy moment of like, like survival instincts of just like, I don't know, can not explain it? Not even a thought of like, what did I do? That That was so dumb. Just like, I, I'm just going to, I have to survive.
1: This. Yeah, you just need to survive. Yeah.
3: And then the even crazier is Sam Fenton. I drove <clears throat> and Sam Fenton goes to my phone and he guessed my password. It wasn't 1817. Oh, really? He gets my phone and he get he just from hanging out with me or something, he just saw he just said he, he just got my phone, took one shot, and it unlocked. What? And called my mom, and then it was, like, able to... Otherwise, I don't really know how they would have got a hold of him.
1: That's wild.
3: So crazy. So And it wasn't 1817. It was, like, something else. And, and then, so I was, like, what are my parents doing here? And then the craziest one is being in that room, like, after the ambulance. Like, I knew it was serious because they are like, I'm, I'm going past the waiting room. I'm going into these, like, the room. The ICU. The ICU. And there's all these doctors around. I'm, like, dude, and then I fucking come to, I look up and there's a fucking light and it's my mom and my dad. And I just go, am I going to die?
2: Oh,
1: wow.
3: I said that to them. I'm like, I'm like, you guys, am I, am I going to die? And then their reaction was so much like, it was like a half, they almost wanted to like talk, like they kind of giggled to like kick me out of it. Like, like you're, no, you're fine. Like something like that. And then just hearing that, I was like, okay, I'm fine. Yeah. But I just remember the feeling of like, Am I going to die? Because you could, you know, like it was fucking real bad. And, uh, and then I, what happened is I cracked my skull and, and uh, I think I cracked, I cracked my cochlea. That's why I can't hear in my right ear. I'm still deaf to this day. And, and then uh, when the skull cracked, it alleviated the pressure that usually causes a lot of those really bad things as the pressure, air pressure gets stuck in there. Yeah. So when I cracked my skull, it alleviated that pressure. So that was like the best thing that could have happened to me. And then from then, it was three nights in the hospital and puking constantly and vertigo and, dude, just a really crazy time.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, and, you know, this, some people knew about it, some people didn't, but it seems like that, you know, that was in, I think, January, correct? Yeah. And you you had a, you had kind of rode to recovery, maybe didn't do anything till spring, Mm kind of dabbled back on your board a little bit, took it pretty mellow at Hood. And then the next year kind of eased back into snowboarding. Yeah. But I do remember some people not understanding the magnitude of which that injury was. Cause you, it, it, you know, it's sick to see you back now where you're at. Like you just, you got the cover of snowboarder mag, you know, doing, you're still doing, you know, phenomenal tricks on your snowboard, but there was this weird curve where people didn't understand that what you had been to, to get back in and filming. And do you want to talk about like your motivation, why you didn't stop? Cause I think, you know, personally, a lot of people that had gone through what you could have gone through would have been like, I'm fucking done. I'm, I might recreationally snowboard, but I'm done doing this shit for a job, you know? So uh, yeah. let's let's talk about that.
3: Yeah, thank you. Um, again, I don't think it was a conscious thing. I think i am just, I want to do this shit. I'm so passionate about it that for me it was, yeah, what rehab till I can get back out there. As long as, I mean, the scary thing was I didn't have my balance for like a month. I had vertigo for a month. I would walk a straight line that I thought, and my dad, I'd say, is that straight? My dad didn't have the heart to tell me. I was basically fucking bouncing off the walls. But I was trying to convince myself that I'm, I'm good. I'm getting better. And <clears throat> the doctors, like, the, the, the dizziness will go away, and the hearing will come back, and everything will be good. And that shit kind of started to get better. hearing never came back, which is awesome that I didn't, I mean, I can't imagine having vertigo for a lifetime. You know, vertigo is like the worst thing in the world basically like the spins when you get hammered, but you're sober and and it's just like turns on and the world goes upside down and you start throwing up. Um, but another one of those things where I didn't even overthink it. I was just like, I clicked into like wanting to just get better and wanting to, um, continue what I was doing. And I, I don't think I ever thought about quitting for real. Like, it's kind of crazy. And I actually like saying it, I'm like, I probably like should have or something, but it was like an injury. And I think I was just like, I don't know. I'm, when can I get back at it? Totally. Yeah.
0: Well, let's, let's dive into another subject because I want to preface this with a documentary I watched, uh, like a 30 for 30 or something like that. And I want to say it was with Ditka Mm. and he basically was saying, you know, he, he got a lot of concussions playing football and he was like, you know, if I could go back in time, you know, sure, my memory's a little fuzzy. Sure, you know, I, I forget things at times, but if I could go back in time, I would do it all over again, and I'd do it twice as hard, right? And and that's how I I feel. I've had ten concussions. We've talked about this, yeah. right? <clears throat> and and we both struggled with this. And one thing that's going to come up in the comments, I can already tell you right now, is people are going to be like, "Well, dude, what do you do? Put on a helmet!" Like, boom, well, sure. that's that's it's over. Like once you put on a helmet, put you can just go on like it's. And and one thing we got <clears throat> to address is a lot of concussions. Whether you're wearing a helmet or not, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, the like brain's you, still getting jostled. Yeah, you,
3: brain's getting jostled. Where I landed on the stair, a particular place, the helmet wouldn't have got to. Yeah, you know, it, exa- was, it was there, and yeah, and to each their own. To each That's their own. great. Exactly. If, if yeah. a helmet makes you feel comfortable, wear a helmet. That's awesome. Like, do you I,
1: have a stacked up amount of concussions?
3: I probably got a couple. That was a bad one. Not as many as him.
1: Granny's but his had, like
2: he's
3: a TBI.
0: I've had
2: a. Serious oh, yours was actually a TBI. Yeah, mm. yeah. Go, yeah.
3: I mean, Granny, Granny's. A, st- you know, who knows what's what's worse? But I mean. I've gotten my bell rung a couple times, but I mean, being knocked out, snoring, and TBI with you know brain swelling is. is definitely did they have
1: to remove that. some of your skull for a little bit, or no? I
3: think uh, no. I didn't get any kind of surgery. It's oh, just it cracked. Awesome. They watched the. They oh, probably the because hair. it cracked. That's exactly yeah. why. Yeah. More, or they'd go in and I think they crack it. Yeah, they crack it mm-hmm. and
1: remove a little piece, but yours yeah. did it on its own.
3: Yeah, and I had that conversation with my dad about wearing a hel- helmet, and he he was like, you know, he knew what a because for me. Uh, every time I've worn a helmet, I've actually hit my head, I feel like. and But again, to each their own and like I want people to do whatever they want to do. For me, um, it just, I wanted to continue doing it that way and, and yeah, but uh, yeah, will that for sure be in the comments?
0: Yeah, no, totally and, and I would like to kind of chime in on this too because you know, you tell people that immediately their, their solution is helmet. You have to wear one and so, you know what, like if you, if you, I think if you want to wear one, you should wear one. If you don't, you don't, and there's different—you can just—you can call me an idiot. You can call me a—just any type of hurtful word you want— but for me, you know, it's it's kind of like you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you play good, you play good they pay good, right? <laughs> and if, if I, if I How have long you
1: been working on that?
0: Yeah, one, dude. I, I always have. I so said that smooth. yesterday, but that's, that's a, a ter- good one. Terrell Owens. Quote, I mean, by you're the way. you're right though. But, but like, if I have a big clunky thing on, and this is stupid, right? You guys can crucify me for this. But if I have a big clunky thing on my head, and I don't feel good, like I want I want my shit to like the kit to look good. You want you you want to look good, the style to be good, and and for me, I think with like a backcountry guy that's Riding a line, and you're a small ant on the screen. It, it looks okay, but where I'm at right now, which is r- totally—if you disagree with me, totally fine. But where I'm at right now, it just doesn't look right to me, and I don't—I don't, I don't feel I, yeah. Feel like and,
3: it's- I, and I think kids should wear a helmet. Young if kids before they're fully going
1: riding with you guys. Ninety five, ninety nine percent of the time, when you guys fall, it's like a controlled fall. You guys That's know kind of what, what, what you are doing. Until
3: yeah. you know how to do that, then then put That's one on. Yeah. When you are learning how to snowboard, wear a helmet because you are going to get. You don't know what that whiplash is going to feel yeah, the like. Non and do. pro, wear a, wear a for that, you know? And before you, until you get to a point where you feel really comfortable to roll out of something or just be a little bit more agile to do it, then then wear one.
1: Yeah, of course. You guys always take the gnarliest bales, but you they're controlled.
3: You can kind of control it a little bit. Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean more than a little bit. It's just yeah. you got your awareness and yeah. And if there's nothing wrong with a young aspiring pro to wear a helmet if they want to wear exactly. A helmet, and wear you know what? And to yeah. be
3: fair, when I came back, I was riding Buck Hill. I had a helmet on. Yeah. I was like not fucking around for the first month of like yeah. a really fresh injury. I wore it until I felt like I, I felt was, comfortable. Felt comfortable, and then I yeah, and it changed.
0: Yeah, and I think it's good. And I, like you said, do do what you want. We're not. It's not. Um. And if you disagree, that's okay. And then another another great thing that I think uh, I've gone through phases of doing, and I'd like to do more, and and I think it's really important. Like a mouth guard. When you're hitting backcountry jump, Mm. especially because, you know, the way way it works, if you you don't land in the right spot, you land in a hole, really big risk is kneeing yourself in the face, right? That happens a lot, and so... You know, a and mouth, that can give you a concussion too. well no, okay? that give you worse and so yeah. so a lot of times you could be wearing a helmet near yourself in the face. You know, that's yeah. very common. I'm not it's gonna very common. So so that's like even I think, like
1: big ollies, like, like and yeah. you
0: see a Devin Walsh and a lot of these guys wear mouth guards in the backcountry and, and I'd like to start doing that and and probably eventually I will put a helmet on, you know. But uh, not where I'm at right now. Yeah. So, Joey, one thing I wanna talk about is the fact that you and I have both kind of uh, basically had some issues around the mental mental health side of things, you know, both yeah. at our heads. I had some substance abuse. You've had a bad, uh, TBI. Right. And we've always been on this kind of quest to, to find the next thing, right. Whether it be yoga or some other <laughs> shit or I, yeah. sleeping with your mouth. Exactly. That that's you know. the next thing. Let's, <laughs> di- let's dive into that. You did some crazy gyroscope thing. Right?
3: <laughs> yeah. I did gyro stim therapy, which is like you get in like a NASA chair pretty much. And the thought was that they've, fuck your brain up so much that when it recalibrates you're like good and it just did not work at all. It I, didn't work. I mean, I no, I don't know. Like I, I felt so crazy after. And then I actually ended up going to Europe for this L one photo shoot. And I was like trying to tell them I had this therapy done. I looked like I couldn't even snowboard. Like really? I, I was so dizzy and so out of it. Like they're trying to shoot a photo on like a flat bar, like a eight foot long little flat. Bar. I couldn't even get to the end of the rail. And I was, like, having a panic attack. Called the doctor in Europe, like, what, what did you do, you know? He's like, it just takes time, it takes time. And it did, like, calm down. But I didn't. I don't think it was, like, a life-changing thing for me. But that is, like, the level of, like, if this is going to fix it, I'm going to do it. Like, me and Chris would talk all the time, like, have you heard this podcast? Like, have you heard this new <laughs> therapy, new, like, idea? So I think we both come from a place of, like, trying to fix it. And we both kind of learning that there is no fixing it.
1: Do you both have short views um issues
3: when filming yes
1: just when my, filming
3: my patience has gotten a lot better I've i know been chris it's something has i have ac- short fuse <laughs> chris has short fuse for sure
1: well it's just very common with head injuries yeah
0: well no. you're, you're i mean you but you you do improve like for example i've seen gains where where yeah i've i do have a short fuse but i've noticed that it's a little bit longer i got a lot of work to do mm. then it yeah, was after you did that yeah. treatment yeah. i noticed a difference to- and that's yeah, yeah. my, my yeah. partner said that too at the time and Stuff like that, and um, but I love that where you you think that you get there, right? It's yeah. like, all right, I'm gonna do this treatment, and then I'm gonna be good. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna start meditation, and it's, you got to realize at a certain point in time, it's kind of a love the process thing. You're just like, absolutely. I, all right, I I feel a little off, but I'm I'm gonna try this. All right, fu- that works. But like, and if you stop doing it, it doesn't work. You know, um,
3: it's kind of like what I was saying about like oh, that. Ding, anxiety's back. Like <laughs> yeah. when I'm when I, if I wake up in the morning, I meditate and I'm conscious kind of throughout the day. I'm getting exercise. I'm I mean, I'm snowboarding. I'm doing my work. I'm doing these things. Like I'm journaling at night. Like you're kind of good, and, and you don't realize you're good because you just you're feeling like you normally do. Mm-hmm. You only feel off when you feel off. So then that's what happened. I'll. I'll go party one night. I won't meditate that next day. I'll fucking lay around on the couch. And then two, three days, I'll have, like, a panic attack or be anxious. And I'm like, see, I'm, I'm broken. Like, this thing came back. And it's like, I don't look to the things that I was doing were actually, like, helping me.
1: Yeah. The human body's amazing because you don't notice anything Yeah, that's wrong with anything in your body until something feels weird. And then it's all that.
3: Yeah, and, and I'm hypersensitive to that now yeah. for some reason. Like I don't know if it was after the head injury or whatever, but my anxieties have become like a weird little thing in my stomach equals, you know, quadruple how dangerous it could be. You know, it could yeah. be some disease or and all these things, and that sucks. But um, yeah, I'm just learning how to like navigate those things.
1: Yeah, when it's right when everything's running right, you just don't feel anything. <laughs> and that's the way is like I think yeah. me and
3: <laughs> we always want you want to feel that way all the time. Like when you're feeling on it's a cool feeling when you're just like buzzing kind of and everything feels right and there's no real worries. And then sometimes it takes like you get by yourself, you're not doing your thing, and then the, the mind is powerful and starts to tell you that something's wrong.
2: Mm-hmm. It's true.
0: And, and uh, at the end of the day, also, one thing that we tend to forget as humans is that life ebbs and flows. Like sometimes yeah. you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days. They're not all going to be good, but just know you got the tools to to deal with those yeah. when you're having a rough time.
1: The good days wouldn't be good without the bad days, you know? It's true. It's true. And,
3: and, like, having, yeah, only good days. Like, you have those bad ones to kind of appreciate the good ones, too. But when it's so bad, you just have this, like, oh, uh, like, I'm so fucked up. I'm broken. Like, that. You kind of get down on yourself, and that's not helpful either, yeah. right? But there's people who are really good at navigating it, and I think I've gotten better at it mm-hmm. because I, I really – worked at trying to fix it. Like I was working on other shit in my life. Like with us diving into these podcasts and books and things is just like, we're just, yeah, hands on. How are we how can we fix this? Like I wasn't, didn't want to be the person who sat around bitching about what I had going on. And then someone from the outside is like, well, you're just laying there doing nothing. Like I was like, at least I want to be actively trying to do things so I can say that I'm working on this, on these things.
0: I love that. I love talking about this stuff. Uh, it's yeah. kind of nerdy, but it's but we're both into it. So let's just stay on it. <laughs> yeah. And people people might not be into it, but <laughs> like, dude, uh, you know, it, well, some things I really am fascinated by is like simple actionable stuff you can do. Right, yeah. probably a lot of snowboarders out there smack their heads. Yeah, and there's different areas of the brain that get affected differently. Yeah, and for me, uh, one of the ones you know, memory and stuff like that it was one that was damaged, and and I had a lot of trouble finding my words, and that, that mm-hmm. was what the brain scan, mm-hmm. but one very simple, actionable thing you can do is reading, and it's, mm. I was never a reader, and I always kind of, I fucking hate people that read, and they're like, oh, I'm like, like intellectuals that think they're better than people, <laughs> I fucking hate that guy, so like, I found out that, you know, a lot of this cognitive therapy I was doing was based around books and reading, mm-hmm. and like, I noticed I finally got to this one book. This, I really like Robert Green. He's an author, and he has some thick, hard-to-digest books. And I eventually um, realized, like, I, I got this one book, and I'm like, I'm never going to be able to get through this. But I just made a commitment. I'm going to read every day, whether it's one page. It might just be one page. But before I get up, I'm going to read one page. And I would read one to two pages minimum every day, and sometimes five. On average, probably three, but next thing you know, you wake up and you're like, holy shit, I read this whole book and all I did, and it was in five page increments. And, and so it's like, it, it isn't that hard to just, if you just make a commitment to say like, and, and that's really good for your brain and remembering, remembering what you read is also important. So if you read it at night and write down what you read in the morning, Mm -hmm. that's activating, you know, your brain. So uh, your memory.
3: Well, and even when we talk about like just the simple act of doing something every day, like you're like, I wake up, I make my bed. Remember you're saying that like I wake, it's just doing something every day consciously is kind of huge. And like, you know, I did, uh, I did 50 days in a row meditating and 50 days in a row journaling after my mom passed away. And it was like this way of just like, I don't know if it was coping with it or something, but I, it was like a test. Like, I just want to see, you know, actually try to do this, not three days in a row, three days and see how it was. I was like 50 days and I, I marked it down and, and I felt, you know, there were still bad days in there and things like that, but it was cool to look back and go, I did this every day consciously. So I think that's huge. It's just, a lot of people get in and get hyped, and then they fall off. And, like, I'm guilty of that as well. But Everywhere. to be conscious and to do it for a lot of days in a row, I think you do notice, you know, some benefits.
1: And the brain's a muscle. You got to exactly. use it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you got to use it or lose it.
3: Exactly. And and you can take that into, like, if you're doing that, you know, I did this 50 days in a row, like, your work seems a little easier. You're, you're, you you're know, the problems in your life are you're, there's that you can handle shit better. Like, I remember, you know, my girlfriend was telling me, I felt like I had a little more patience and I, she's like, you had a bad temper. You were really short when we first started dating. And like, she has to remind me, like, you were kind of a mess before even like quarantine, this whole quarantine thing. And that's when I really took a step of like, I want to try to become, there's no excuse now we're stuck at home. Like I was like, I'm going to use this for good instead of bad. I'm not going to drink every day. I'm going to use this as like human, like some optimization and try to be come, come out of this a better person.
0: I think that's uh, really cool for people to hear because you hear a long, a big narrative and for a lot of people, very reasonable narrative. They've lost their job or people, you know, lost yeah. people around them. But, um, you know, you, you kind of took this quarantine and, and had like a positive thing. You flipped it in a positive way.
3: I, I, that's all I could do. That's all I want. I didn't mean, think it's so, it was easy to, to be really negative. I mean, everyone, this thing fucking sucks. Like, and the, no, the, the knee jerk reaction is to, to do nothing, you know? But I, I never felt so much more like I want to come out of this better. And like I just wanted to um, use it as like a full like spectrum of like there's all this time. I want to make sure I'm using each one for po- positive time. And that's when I came up with like that journal idea and things like that. Just trying to put it into like, a- like actionable things and just like filling my time with positive activity.
1: Feels good to accomplish stuff.
3: Dude, it really does. And and for whatever whatever that means, even if it's going to the gym or doing a home workout, you're mm-hmm. like, well, at least I did something. Like, I did a home workout, and, like, I went skating, and, you know, I answered some emails, and you can go to bed like, well, I did something, you exactly. know? Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that. And and then the fundamentals. I was looking at this. I don't know how this relates, but uh, I was at a, at a different gym than one I normally go to, but I was at one not too long ago, and it was like a pyramid of uh, kind of like how you – I don't know if it would be, like, gains or accomplish what you want, but essentially it was, like, you know, a bunch of things. It was, like, diet, um, you know, what you put into your body, this, that, sleep, and then at the bottom of everything was consistency. Mm-hmm. The foundation of everything is That's consistency. Cool. I never so, heard that. That's so really cool. So it was, re- it, uh, it, it kind of, like, made a light bulb go off because you're, like, it doesn't matter how well I eat. It doesn't matter if I'm good at snowboarding. Nothing fucking matters unless you have consistency. So totally. it's like you know yep. the, the consistency. Even if it's it's a small amount, consistency is really fucking important for this type of shit.
3: Hundred percent. Like eating better is just being conscious and being consistent, or just trying to sleep better. All these things. Like I love that because it's true and and that it's not a magic. Like people, some people, it's so hard. It's like it is really hard, but they're simple mm-hmm. changes, simple habits that you that are tough. But once you do it, they're they're fairly like you know they're not like. It's not a course you have to pay $10,000 know, $10, to get healthy. You can just kind of just b- try to be a little more conscious. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, we've been talking on some nerdy fucking self-optimization. <laughs> let's do a little pivot. <laughs> <Let's stop. laughs> Stone's over it. He's uh, like, no, I'm down, dude. <laughs> uh, let's get in some hot takes, dude. People like, like our oh, hot takes. Okay. Uh, first one, MJ
3: of snowboarding. Who you got? Oh, my gosh. Um, MJ of snowboarding. Like my, my word. Michael huh? Jordan.
1: Michael yeah. Jackson.
3: I mean, I'm going to say J.P. Walker.
1: It's you too.
3: The, yeah? The a lot of people hate that answer? Do they? A lot of people hate it. Uh, I just think it's I'm like with you. I'm with you. It's our part. it's our generation. Like you that's like asking. Yeah. That's like the you know someone might say Wilt Chamberlain. You know because they're like Babe that Ruth like,
0: or some shit if they're mad old. <laughs>
3: sure, but like yeah, I don't know. I gotta say for my for my generation, it's that's it. Okay, next question. Um, worst trend in snowboarding. Already answered this. Off air before? Uh, yeah, negativity, I think, is one of the worst trends in snowboarding. It just, like, across the board. I don't know. Yeah,
1: and, that's, and, a good, that's a good one.
3: And, again, like, I'm not, like, trying to preach. I just, like, I'm on some, like, trying to positivity. And, like, I don't know. It's Maybe it's, like, this brand and seeing a different thing, but trying to help people out. And I think this industry is really small. And I think the more we help each other out, kind of the better. And, dude, I was as guilty as everyone. When I was a kid, I would talk shit for sure. And I just learned that it just gets you nowhere. So I'm just fucking over that. And I just would rather spread positivity. And you can still call a spade a spade. You don't have to love everything. But you don't have to preface it with like, this is whack as fuck.
0: You know, well, there's also there's tones to that, too, all the yeah. time. because there's like fun negativity where you're like, yeah, that's just fucking whack. <laughs> yeah. Where you're like yeah. goofing. Yeah. And then there's people that are just toxic negativity where they just can't get out of their own way. there's a just, big difference yes.
1: between joking around and yeah. actually just being a negative person. 100 percent. Bringing everyone yeah. down.
0: Yeah. OK. Uh, thoughts on the beaver slap in the lift line. When you,
3: <laughs> you got a take on that? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, is that you, when you, you, get like the, it? you get the ice chunk off the board? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. You, are, do you, are you a... Uh, I've, d- I've been known, yeah. Did you I've see Pat it? Moore posted yeah. one? <laughs> I've done it. Well, because it gets icy in the bindings. So, yeah, I mean, you have to slap a little bit, right? Do you feel like it's a little bit of a flex in the lift line? Uh, not as much of a flex as dragging your board across the parking oh. lot. Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Let's give that an air horn. <laughs> that, that's a that's good one. Wow. That's got to get a name or something. Yeah, like, the board drag. That was wow. the best. Like the people who just like, they can't lift it two inches above yeah. the concrete. And they drag it. It just has to drag. So everyone turns and goes, oh, damn.
1: What uh, about skiers, dude, when they throw the whole thing, just the end of the skis on their shoulder Oh, the, the harpoon. That's what that's uh, oh. Johan, Johan, call, Johan calls that
0: harpoon. Dude, and they're, they're always do spinning around.
1: Yeah. Snowboarders do it to joke on the skiers, I How think. else are you supposed to hold skis, though? Under your arm a little bit? I mean... Yeah, you don't need to throw oh, just the yeah. end of them on your shoulder so it sticks out six yeah, feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And true. then they walk through the village like yeah. with their funny <laughs> boot walk.
0: Sure, a couple of people have been smoked in the dome ski with that one. Yeah, but I like wood honey, and they just yeah. spin around and <laughs> yeah, yeah. smack you in the face. I, I want to circle back around to the edge drag for a little bit because <laughs> <laughs> the edge drag. Is, it is just when you're just walking through a resort parking lot and somebody's got their snowboard by the binding and they're just letting that thing bark on yeah, the pavement, letting it bark. It's just—it's
2: usually
3: a sponsored rider. Oh
2: yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You think
0: it's kind of like, hey, I get free boards. Yeah, it's or? like I
3: don't care about this board because there's another one in my car. But even <laughs> me, I'm like, i we don't get a ton of parts, so. <laughs> so I'm holding that thing above the
1: concrete. <laughs> now you see—you see the truth. In it I all. know how much they cost. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really trying to—they're uh, not cheap. No. Well, that, not that's cheap. a great
0: segue because where you've landed, you've had some great sponsors of the years, and ultimately you have landed on starting your own snowboard company, public snowboards.
3: Yeah. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Reasons why? You know, I don't. I I get asked the question a lot. There's not really a reason why. It was like I was riding for uh, Stepchild for a long time, and I think it just got to a place where I wanted to do more, and I didn't. I don't even know what doing more meant or looked like. It just was like some inner thing that was like I got to do something else. So I ended up quitting Stepchild, and I got a couple offers to ride for a couple other brands. It was like Nitro and I think K two. And I was really, like, I was going to go back to Nitro, which kind of sounded cool. Like, I, that was how I started my career and stuff. But um, at the end of the day, staying up at night, I couldn't, like, sleep without thinking about those didn't feel right. Again, it just another one of those, like, ah, like, it would be cool, but, you know, and it was nothing. Like, if I wasn't 100% sparked on it, like, firing up to, to do this, then I, then it didn't feel right. And that turned into – pitching to stepchild about starting another company and it was going to be 1817 boards at first. So I texted Brad Richmond and I was like, what if we did 1817 boards? And he was just kind of like, Oh, and well, we're down. Like we can, we can do it kind of through stepchild. Right. And then it was about four months or three months out from the trade show SIA. So as we're kind of kicking around doing boards, I'm like, well, that eliminates everyone who is part of 1817 that has a board sponsor. The animals can't wear a t-shirt. Jake o. E. can't wear a hoodie. Like I was like, well, that sucks. Like now it's just this board thing and all these dudes who are a part of it don't get to be a part of, like, it's just a board band now. And so I was like, never mind. I don't want to do that. I'd rather keep 1817 what it is. as just like a homie apparel, whatever you want to call it. Like just a a crew, you know? So I was like, he's like, okay. And I told him like, let's not do 1817 boards. I want to do something else. I was just, what if we just did a different name? And it's, like, essentially, like, we're starting another company from scratch. Yeah, yeah, sure, just (laughs) whatever you want to do. Just the trade show's in two months, so whatever. And it was, like, literally from then, like, damn, okay, I'm starting a brand. And started writing out a ton of names, and that was, like, the crazy fun part. I reached out to my friend Anthony Capetta, who does, like, graphic design work for a bunch of big brands in New York, like Halls and Michelob Ultra. And I'm, like, can you help me with, like – you know, I think I was just like, can you help me with a logo? And he's like, you're doing your own brand? <laughs> Everyone's just like, what? And then he was like, yeah, I can help you. And he kind of did the first, he did our logo, like that face logo. And uh, and then he helped do one of the first boards. And then it all kind of fell into place. I remember being in in Bear. Daryl was on Stepchild. I was like, I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do my own brand. And Daryl was so cool. Whatever you do, I'm I'm going with you. And that was really awesome. He didn't care what it was. Um, and then I... Was in Bear Mountain with Daryl. We were like, "Well, who should we have do the board?" It was just such a funny, like, we don't have a lot of time. Like, how do we figure this out? And it was kind of cool that way because it wasn't planned out. It was like shooting from the hip. Like, who do we have to do the graphics? Who do we have sell this stuff? Like, who do we, you know? And then it was kind of like, "This dude's sick. Let's have him be a part of it." So uh, I called Josh Manolas, who's a good skate friend of mine. And I said, "I'm doing my own snowboard company. Can you help us do like a T-shirt or a sticker?" He's like, "You're doing your own board brand?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like. Can I do the graphics? Like, I'm like the board graphics. He's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, sure. And we, I showed Daryl like his kind of reel of like his vibe. And Daryl's like, dude, that's our guy. Like, this is sick. And no idea what it would turn into. But Josh was down, and I was just like, cool. So from then on, we had we kind of had it going. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a long long oh. prelude. But basically, it was um, two months before the trade show, and then I I came up with the name. I wanted to call it Private at first, and then I was like, well, that's weird. Once it comes out, it's kind of like what's private about it anymore. What about public that turned into like this cool greater good story of like, I wanted to include a lot of people in it. I wanted to start the brand under the idea that like kids buying the product would be a part of the brand. And I always wanted to like, even before that, I started public impressions as a Tumblr where I would just answer questions. And I just liked the idea of like peeling back this veil of, of inclusivity. I wanted people to feel like if they mowed their lawn, you know, to save it by this board, like. Send us a photo you riding it, and we'll, and we'll post it. And we'll just, like, I'll, we'll chat about it. You know, I, I wanted there to be a community with it. So um, that was cool to have, like, an idea for the brand. And then a, even, like, a bigger picture about it. I was like, I want to be one of those brands. I think I had seen a big brand not answer some kid on DM or on his gram about, like, a warranty question. And I was like, that's so, that's such a bummer. That kid could have mowed his lawn, saved up for this board, and, like, he he just, whether it's not a warranty, he just, yeah, wants, a, res- cheap, right? just wants a response, right? Yeah. So I remember thinking, like, I want to be the brand that is responds and is just, like, not too cool for school to, to respond. So that's been the ethos from it. We're in our fifth year, learned a shitload along the way, um, but, dude, I wouldn't change it for anything. I think it's, it's been such a fun ride, and I've learned so much, and I just kind of got thrown into it, but uh, I couldn't be happier.
0: Fuck, man. I, I, love, uh, I love what you're doing and thank you one thing i want to say just using your own words and i may put some words in your mouth here but going back talking about like back in the day you turned down red bull right so turned down a huge sponsor that that shows how much you care about you know certain things like you care about you know gear and the culture right you're really into snowboarding what tricks go on your part are mm-hmm. what spots are cool <laughs> mm-hmm. you're really particular about this this snowboard industry and you you carry it like near and dear to your heart i can say from an outsider or you know as a friend and so it seems like to me if you look at the space of snowboarding it's a lot of brands are owned by bigger companies right and so if you look at skate you look along the wall there's almost something that fits everybody oh maybe i'm maybe i'm a baker kind of kid maybe i'm a palace kind of kid and and it did it just seemed like in snowboarding you know uh there there was no brand that felt like it was like you know like like the way Andrew Reynolds is the face of, of Baker and maybe that's a shitty analogy. It, there's not like that type of vibe in snowboarding. I mean, maybe there is and I'm and I'm somebody's going to be offended, but like, as far as from, from our world of street snowboarding, I just didn't see it from anybody. And so I just feel like you, you filled such a necessary, uh, space of people that share the same core values with snowboarding as you.
3: Damn, thank you. Yeah, I think uh, when it became, when it was the opportunity to do it, I did want to put like the proper care and attention into it. I wanted to put a team together, of people that I liked, and I wanted to do it like I saw people do before me. Like I wasn't going to just do like a strictly direct to consumer with no team or something like that. I just wanted to like, I wanted to get it into shops. I wanted to do it, just follow that same model, you know, and uh, I wanted to come from a place of like appreciation for what was before me too, and, and try to do it do it right. And, um, I wanted to create something that was kind of new and that kids could like, like I said, like something that kids could maybe connect to a little bit.
0: Uh, I got to commend you real quick on the team because you know, there's, there's a lot of teams, a lot of different people, but there's this like intangible thing that some snowbers have and some don't. I like to refer to it as flavor and you guys, you guys, the squad, they're all full of so much flavor with Craig and Ben. And then I want to talk about, um, Jib girl, because, mm. you know, we had her as a guest on the podcast and it was crazy. The amount of people that were like saying really, really hurtful things about her. And, yeah. you know, she's doing her thing and it's just I just have mucho respect for, you know, having having her on the team. You want to talk about that?
3: Yeah, that was a really cool um, just the way it all worked out. I've known her for a little bit. We weren't super close, but she had moved to Minnesota and uh, I'd see her at the skate park and things like that. And the one thing that I'll say that no one knows is, like, she skates and snowboards harder more than anybody. Like, me and Josh go to the skate park. Okay, see you, Danielle. And she's still there, like, skating. So I saw that, and I was like, all the other, you know, bullshit aside, she's a skate and snowboard rat. Like, she loves it. And that was what first grabbed. I was just like, this is dope. And then beyond that, she's really fucking good. She's
0: really good at snowboarding. She's yeah.
3: really good. And she cares about what she's wearing she cares about what she's doing like it all makes sense when you see it and i i gravitate towards people like that i like seeing someone who cares what they're wearing like yeah. who wants to look <laughs> fresh and like wants the trick to accent the clip whatever so i had hit her up and i was just like i thought she was gonna ride for someone else and i said hey are you are you still riding she's for almost the- gonna ride for dc yeah, yeah. i said are you gonna are you gonna ride for dc she's like actually no because i want to stay on this outerwear thing so i'm not i'm not doing that and I said, uh, whoa, okay, like, do you want to ride one of our boards? And she's like, yeah, I'd love to. And then I was just like, do you want to ride for us? Like, it made sense to have her on. Yeah. But I honestly thought she was, like, inaccessible. I thought she going to be like, yeah, here's my price. And I just like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. But she's so down. And that's what's really cool about her, too, is she also just reps people that she just backs. Like, she wears that smooth one eight hoodie
1: that she is like a kid. She's, she's just down with she's it. She's just,
3: run bro, like, she's just, if this shit's sick, I'm going to run it. Yeah. And you kind of get this feeling like, oh, it's like you got to pay her a bunch for that spot. If it's sick, she's going to run it and she is a super authentic, talented, motivated snowboarder. And I'm really happy to have her on.
1: That's cool. Hey, I got a Patreon question. Did you want to uh Oh yeah. So, yeah,
0: uh we get asked I don't I think some people are maybe confused about what our Patreon is, but basically it's a subscription-based platform where you sign up and you kind of gain access to some behind-the-scenes footage. We do an exclusive interview with our guests. You kind of get to ask us questions. And then, ultimately, we kind of let you know who we're recording with, and you get to submit a question to Eastone, and maybe it could be on the air. So it's kind of fun. And, ultimately, we don't have, like, a big budget or anything, so it's kind of cool. We're a podcast supported by the people. We care about this community, and I just want to say thank you to all of our Patreon members already. And if you're looking to sign up, you can find it at uh, bombhole.com. We have a link, or patreon.com slash thebombhole, I believe. So, yeah, get into that question.
1: It's cool, too, looking at the Patreon. There's, like, pro snowboarders on there, yeah. industry people. Yeah. It's uh, awesome. it's kind of cool to look through the names. Yeah, from, absolutely. From Lucas Magoon to Pat Moore, Johnny O'Connor. That's sick. Yeah, there's, there's homies on there. That's really cool. I even saw Jake Burton's son signed up the wow. other day. Thank Let's you.
0: Give him an air horn. That's great.
1: So uh this one's from Johan, actually, who uh is kind of the king of sales. I mean Yes. Capita, Union, Coal. Sort basic. of
3: like what you look at as a small brand is like role model type shit. Yeah. To where you want to maybe get to. Yeah. Well, this
1: guy is like the chief of sales in snowboarding and a really good dude. He has a question <laughs> for you. What's harder? Running public or being a pro shred and why?
3: Oh. It's like they're so different, right? Like I think they're just two different sides of the brain. Like I always kind of say that, even on trips. Like if I'm trying to film something and I got like emails at night, you just have to kind of click over, and you're like, you when you're snowboarding and filming, you're only thinking about tricks and spots and how it's gonna look and all these things. And then when you're in the business side or like doing emails, you're thinking about, you know, how, how's this coming off and who, how am I, you know, who am I talking to and how am I talking to him and and you're kind of like maybe thinking a little bit more about other people i guess um so i would say dude i think fuck i'd say running a business is harder is <laughs> it so uh it's so less like tangible i know if i if i just go do this trick on this handrail that's considered good for the day but this business move that i do might be bad down the road or you know it's just so like you're not really sure so I think you you kind of like shoot from the hip a lot more in the business world and you're kind of going through the motions, whereas snowboarding on a rail at a trip, it's like pretty straightforward. I just got to try to get tricks, right? It's obviously physically harder to do tricks than write an email, but I think the mental game is uh, it's tougher to navigate like sometimes like the business world.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great answer because, yeah, you make a decision. It could affect you for a long time. And for sure. You spend that money and yeah. there's a lot of moving parts What's cool is you guys seem to learn a lot from being pro snowboarders, and you're you yeah. really learn how to work hard, and it yeah, goes to every every time a pro kind of invests their time in a project like this, they learn so much from being a pro that it seems like a lot of them are pretty successful, and it's pretty cool.
2: I think
3: it's an interesting skill set because yeah. like even before like I started this brand, you're still in like 32 meetings about you know ads and and the video project and things. You learn so much just being around it. So it's like, like I said, when I started this, I wanted to do it like stuff I saw. It's just from the stuff you saw, like you absorbed, right? But um, I just feel like there's a difference between kind of both of them. It's like the business side can be really tricky at times too.
1: Yeah, Real tricky.
3: But then also like if I'm on a trip and I'm getting a trick and I'm running a public board, like it's full circle and I'm like, this is cool. Like kind of doing my job like full circle, which is kind of a sick feeling.
1: And you start to think differently on, yeah. on how to, I guess... Think about you're you're actually trying to sell a product. Yeah. How can you film to, I don't know, your image and.
3: Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff like that. And being consciously not following the same mold yeah. of everything. Like, I don't need to get Ben with like a hoodie on and like, you know, just like, I don't want that actually. I want to still maintain my like idea of that Ben's sick because he's Ben. Ben Billado. Yeah, Ben Billado. He's sick because he's Ben. He doesn't need to be in a public billboard for me to think he's going to like sell a product. Yeah. Yeah. That's,
0: uh, that a, that's a good point. Misty, untangible dopeness. That's, that's the flavor. Yep, that's, that's a, a flavor. Like, yeah.
3: And if Ben's in something that he's feeling and he gets a sick clip and he's on a board, that's dope. But like, if he's on something and he's wearing a, something he's not comfortable in, you yeah, might not even get a clip or it might look weird. Like I, Either there's way, people who the don't understand anyways. that. Yeah, they there don't. are totally like people lot, that don't understand that. A lot of that. people don't
0: understand.
1: They that. just
3: don't get that. And you're like, but it is like a look good, feel good thing. It's very important
0: to me.
1: Wait, what was the end of that? Chris? Well, you look good. You feel good. You feel good. You play good. You
0: play
3: good. You play
0: good they pay good. That's what's up. Shouts to Trillo. <laughs>
1: you got it. No, you got to mentally be feeling tight, or else it's definitely going to affect your riding. But I've had team
3: managers be like, "That shit doesn't matter. Like, it you does, can wear you yeah. can wear anything. Like, just just put the hoodie on, and it's like, it's not it's not that easy. Sometimes, like, you really do got to like feel yourself a little bit. Yeah, I love
0: what you guys are doing because I'm not like I'm not in the know with like <laughs> cool fashion trends and shit. I just wear my stuff. <laughs> And you guys are like on this weird, you know, weirdo shit sometimes. And you're like, fuck, that's dope. But, but you need that because you guys are kind of, I would say a lot of it either like in front or setting trends. Right. And it's like, thank you. And then you can, you can back it up and look at, so a spreadsheet, it's like <clears throat> logo association equals yeah. sales. Right. And I, it's like, yeah. And then you guys are like, let's crinkle up that formula and do our own shit.
3: And I think we've even had, like I said, we've had to kind of pull back, like we'll should we just do a basic logo board to like, and we're like, no, like this is what we set out to do this differently. Let's do it differently. Like Ben's board is kind of crazy and it's like, but it looks different and it's sick. And like, we did that Nick Dirks, this one right here, like Nick Dirks did the graphic for it. And it's like, it's got jokers and it's kind of this crazy thing. And it's like, but it still fits what we're doing, but it's just like a little bit like out there, but we'd rather do that and stay true to what we're doing. than just go down the same path of like doing a board that just looked boring, you know? Mm And I think there are times where we're like, but will it sell good? It's like, we're going to sell more being ourselves than we're going to trying to be somebody else. That's the truth right there. Because
1: otherwise, there's so much competition. you got to be yourself.
3: Yeah. And we get to the end of the day, we look back, we're stoked on what we're doing, and our team is. We're just like, we're happy. That's sick, you
0: know? One of the rarest things in this world, I will say, is authenticity. And if you can be a brand that's authentic, you'll always rise to the top, in my opinion.
3: Damn. Um, Yeah, I mean, and we like I answer every DM. Like we just try to be authentic as like if that's what we set out to do. That's what I want to be. And I mean I think we we help kids out. If kid broke a board, it's clear he came down on the rail. It's like give him a new one. Yeah, we just and I'm not saying I'm not I'm not like saying hit me up all the time for that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but it's just like if you see it (laughs) and it's authentic, (laughs) you do have that soft spot and you're like you know what I want to help this kid out. And it's cool to be in a position to be able to do that or even take the time to give kid a feedback on a sponsor me tape or something. Cause I would have liked that as a Dude, kid. It goes a long way with these be...
1: kids that actually answer them. Cause the companies that don't, they're going to, they're going to lose. They're not going to get that connection and they're going to be a customer for life.
3: Yeah. And, it, and it's, it even goes beyond being a brand owner. It's just like me personally. I'm like, if I, you know, now there's this access to that stuff. And, and I feel like it's cool to give a kid some real guidance instead of just being like, yeah, don't bother me or something. Your shit looks good. Like, you know, try to do this a little bit or think about this or find the best kid in the park and be as good as him. Mm-hmm. Something to work towards that gives that kid that little bit of a spark to like keep it going. Right. So, and there's kids that I see tons of potential with, like there's every kid's really good, you know, but then there's that kid with a little bit of flavor and, and that's, it's cool to see too.
0: Going right on top target with what we're talking about. I get this DM all the time. So I'm sure, you know, as a brand owner, you must get it all the time, but you know, do you have any advice for, somebody to get sponsored Mm. and and it'd be really interesting to hear from you as a brand owner you know whatever team manager everything (laughs) right like from from your perspective if these kids are wondering that what is something that you're looking for or you tell them to focus on yada yada yada
3: I think I don't, I don't instantly discount them for sending that message because I think that's just the age we're in. You can, like, reach out and be accessible. And I think – and there's kids that we've sent boards to from, like, a DM that ultimately you have to have some footage to show for it, right? So it's hard when they just send a message with nothing to show. You're like, yeah, send some footage because you have to see something, right? But I think the main thing is, like, what you're saying, a little bit of flavor and a little bit of, like, bringing something different to the table as far as, like, A, what you look like on your snowboard – your work ethic, like just cause you get a board and film your first part. Like it's a long, it's a long process to keep this stuff really going. So I think you want to see that in a kid. Like if he's, and you got to be in the street a little bit too, like a lot of park clips and you're like, cause going in the streets, a whole different thing, finding spots, building the spot, all the things like that vans, like the stuff they find, you got to have an eye, you got to know how to build stuff. Like it's another level of like professionalism to get there. But back to that whole thing is, like, a good example is Tommy Towns, right? Tommy's got this thing that you can't really put your finger on. And he's he's good. He's young. um, But you can tell he's going to mature into something really, like, special. And he's got the right people around him that are going to help, you know, build him. And he's ultimately, to me, I think he's going to be something pretty special in snowboarding. And I think you can see that and people. That's why he's kind of getting stuff going right now. Because he's young and people can see it. Um, but it's always sort of an unspoken thing. Everyone's good, but like you said, flavors
1: everything. Is this a Midwest kid, Tommy Towns? Tommy oh, Towns is from Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I'm gonna really? Air yeah. Airhorn. He grew up right next yeah. to me. Really? Go, go I need to look this kid up. I like he's, his name. He starts really with a name right there. Yeah, Tommy Towns. Tommy. Yeah, it would look That's good on the on cool. the yeah, top sheet of the board. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: But I think, yeah, we we do get that answer a lot, and I try to do my best to like help kids. And and another one is like, like I said, find the, the best kid. Like watch the local video and you gotta be at least as good as that kid. You know, because there is skill at the end of the day. You can look really cool, but you got to be, you got to have skill. You got to be good.
0: Another thing that, that's an interesting one, which you see in Midwest rope-toe culture, is if you if you go to the Midwest, people that aren't familiar, there's little tiny hills with rope-toes of kids just going psycho on all these rails. And they're mm-hmm. all so good. Yeah. And, you know, somebody like yourself might be just cruising on an average Wednesday, getting a couple laps in, getting some board time in, right? And they look at you and they're, they're like, I just 360 onto the rail. Joe is pro and he's making all kinds of money. And why am I not pro? I just did a better trick (laughs) than him why not? <laughs> yeah. So like diving into that, that, that there's, there's so many more layers to getting to where yeah. you're chilling on your board, 11 video parts later. That's like, you know, what are your, what are your merits that have gotten you? You have to win contests. You have to do, you have to do a lot of early steps and work hard, claw, yeah. and then eventually you can cruise the park and whatever, but ain't going to are up there unpacked. having fun, right?
1: Yeah.
3: Up there having fun. I think that's a little bit of like kind of the, the day and age. There's like a lot, a lot of Instagram stuff going around, like, well, I got. I posted this thing. I got twenty five thousand views, and I saw that pro only got ten. Where's my shoe or <laughs> boot or you know? Like, I think there's a little bit of that. It's not everywhere. I don't think. Kid, I don't think it's every kid, but I do think that um, there's just a little bit of like not seeing the whole picture of like that guy that, that is where he's at has ten years before you. And I think a lot of those kids, they got to just be patient. It's gonna come if the work ethic's there and you're starting here, like and you're good enough. It's going to come. But if you get bitter about that that early, that's not a good attitude right out the gate because it gets a lot harder when that kid then gets the spot on the team or, you know, whatever as you're trying to move your way up. Again, it comes back to like a positive attitude. Go through the motions. Focus on yourself and your snowboarding. Be the best you can be and people around you. People will tell you you're good enough to get sponsored. You won't even be coming to them. People will be coming to you to put you on. My dad always said that. When you're good, you can tell someone. When you're really good, they'll tell you. And I was like, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Like he, you know, he's right. You don't have to go around Thailand when you're good. If you're really good, they'll tell you.
0: Facts right there. That's some that's some knowledge from Shake Tiller. Yeah. Let's give him let's give him a super <laughs> air horn. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'm loving this new super Me air horn. Too. Your dad is a OG. And he's going amazing. back to the advice uh you said just now before we were uh, rolling for the podcast, you had some advice you got from JP I thought was really good.
3: Yeah, that was, I don't even remember how long I said it would go, like six or seven years, but he said, um, in the way I was going to say the way he emphasized it meant even more. It was like during a time where I would go to JP for a lot of advice and he was going through some stuff too in his life and we kind of bonded over like he was kind of in this place in his career and I was in that middle career where I'm like working hard on tricks and getting burnt out a little bit. And I think I just asked him about, I've always had like maybe some confidence issues about if I'm confident in my decisions or if I'm confident if, in my own skin sometimes. And he said, why would I care what someone else thinks about me? And I just remember being like, it sounds kind of trivial on the surface, but then you think about it and you're like, that actually is pretty deep and it's pretty meaningful. And it, and it's, I wish I, I wish I heeded advice, his advice a little bit better, but it, I still remember it to this day. And it, it's a really cool anecdote to like kind of live your life.
0: I think that's beautiful, and I also think that uh, that, that kind of circles into another quote that, that ties in with Instagram that's kind of hard, um, where it's, it made me think of this. It's uh, their opinion of me is none of my business, or like your opinion of me is none of my business, right? Yeah. But unfortunately, with Instagram, your opinion of me or whatever, right, you, you can actually see it instead of somebody, and so uh, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but it just kind of,
3: I think it goes to like, even what you, what is that thing? I don't know the key to success, but the key to failure is trying to please everyone. Like that's a great quote in the self. quote we look mm-hmm. at in the booth. It's, that's what we're staring. Yeah, at. Yeah, and right. it's it's awesome. And I I think like it comes to me wishing I was better at this too. But like we also grew up maybe kind of under a microscope. There was message boards that told you how wack you were all the time. So I think and I try to explain that to people who if you don't, and we're like this level of any bit of notoriety, right? Mm-hmm. But it that shit hurts. It cuts you deep and you start to like remember those things. So I think that's part of it is like now moving on and that's not as prevalent. It's like you still, you going to Starbucks and the people serving you, it's like that's the message board. Like, do they like me? Do they think I'm cool? Like all these different things, right? And that's what I struggle with where I'm like, I'm too worried about what other people are thinking. And I wish I could turn it off, but that's just maybe some scars from looking at that shit back in the day and wanting to not give a fuck, but secretly giving a fuck.
0: Well, Yeah. And it, the, the black belt move is like trying not to, right. But you, even let's just take message board, Instagram, whatever it yeah. is. Now you, it's Instagram. You, you got a hundred comments, right? Yeah. 99 of them are just like very positive. And there's that one that's yeah. like hurtful. Yeah. And for some reason you think about the one it's like, dude, always, how do you, you know, but always. Yeah. That, that's the black belt move. And Jamie Thomas came on. Uh, he was a guest. He said some great advice. He's like, take the extreme negative comments and take the extreme positive comments and throw them out. And whatever is right in the middle is something that you can kind of, uh, like, gauge, t- your. gauge your gauge yeah. your uh, audience on or something like that.
3: Yeah, that's cool. And at the same time, it can be motivating. I remember the first time we I was like a brand spotlight, Public Snowboard's new brand. It's like me and Daryl at SIA with the boards launch, and there's comments. And one kid's comment is... Um, nice try. Like nice try. Cool graphics, but I'll give it three years. And just so matter of fact, still remember that, still remember that. And I remember getting to three years and I was like,
1: yeah, like one kid, (laughs) some
0: kid you (laughs)
3: don't even know. And And that was such a meaningless comment. Wow. That's that's
0: an industry, bro.
1: Yeah. That's not a kid. It's just
3: so like the smugness of it. Like, nice try. Like, seen this and like, you'll be done and and a
1: dime a dozen. That's like some rep sitting there that's seen a lot of brands come and go. Yeah, it
3: was interesting. And I just remember being like, I was actually glad to see that because I'm like, all right. I'll show you.
1: Yeah, You're all, let's do this. Yeah. Oh, now we're going to make it three years. Yeah. Spite
3: is a great motivator. When, we you, miss, when, when you
1: started, you were uh, part of Stepchild, but now you've split off, yeah. taken it all yourself. Yeah.
3: yeah. So that was the um, same thing. It, it just we ran the brand with them, and they helped us inter- you know, get us introduced to the factory, and they, they helped a ton. And then it was sort of like they could feel it too. I was like, I want to get on my own. Like I want to learn these things myself. I want to talk to the factory. I want to learn are how you all going this. You go
1: into the factories? Yeah,
3: yep. So we go to the factories and it was just this moment of like I want to when I when this is when it looked like it was going to be a real thing, I was like give me the keys. Like yeah. I want to try to drive this thing. I got to figure this yeah. out. Yeah. So they were really cool and and we we had a mutual splitting of ways. Um I had another uh, business partner that I worked with that got some stuff off the ground too and then since then I have incorporated the guys we started it with, Nick Green and Josh Manolas are part owners of the brand. I gave them ownership. As in like a, it's us till the end. Let's fucking do this. So I gave them ownership and um, and it's Josh does all the art. Nick does all the sales. We work together every day and having the outside of people who maybe aren't as invested as us, I think has been really powerful. These guys are there from the very beginning mm-hmm. and they watched me give ownership to other people and they they didn't complain. They're just like, okay, you know, okay. Cause we thought we were making those moves to better things. Yeah. And you, and you always do. And, um, and, and, things just change right and but ultimately it came down to like we want to control everything like we just didn't want people there that that had other stuff going on yeah so it's been it's been us ever since and it's been really cool that's cool yeah and it's very garage brand still but uh we're at this point now where it starts to feel like a real brand and it's really an exciting time when we can we're kind of building a schedule for ourselves and doing these things and like just working towards something and, and it's been a really cool process
0: for the consumer that doesn't know too. Maybe they, they think the, the the image outwardly facing the public is a, is a big brand, but you're out there packing box like yeah. boxes yourself. Absolutely. Right? Yeah.
3: And w- you know, even like funny stories, like we, I was in bear for, I think hot dogs and handrails. our boards were supposed to show up and it looked like they were going to be two weeks late. than like kind of shops wanted them. They're going to be in Chicago and Nick lived in Chicago and, uh, and they were like, yeah, your, your next shipment is, you know, on the 17th. And I was like, what? Why? Like, they're in this, they're at this place. Well, yeah, that's the only time the truck will come and get them. What if we got a U-Haul and we grabbed our boards from, your, from the spot? Pff, you're not going to do that. Yeah, yeah, we are. What if we grabbed a U-Haul? Can we, fit, can we legally come and pick up our shipment? I mean, yeah, legally you can. Because they were like,
1: customs or something? They just,
3: it was truckers. Like, uh, it was truckers. waiting for a truck to load them up. Yeah. And just waiting for all, like, the middle stuff. Logistics. Logistics. So we were like, what if we grabbed a U-Haul and we went and picked up our boards? And we did. We got a U-Haul. We got loaded to the them to shop the brim, earlier. We got them to shop To directly. hit on time. Yeah. It's
1: so important. Let's get yeah. an air horn to that. You're late to those shops, man. They'd only give you so many chances. Yeah. So it's crucial And that to was do the that. thing, just
3: knowing how much. And again, it was like one of those things where I just wanted to fucking show up and do it differently. I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to wait for, for the truck to get around to it yeah. two weeks later. It's like, they're there. Let's just go make it happen.
2: Let's and that's kind of the way we've been doors. doing it, like,
3: ever since. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll go to Nick's, pack boxes, we'll tag T-shirts. We're doing it our way, like, because we, I want to have a hand in everything. And I like that. I want to be able to say, if, I, if we fucked up on something, one of us fucked up. Yeah. I can't blame it on a third-party warehouse that messed up.
1: And they just don't work the same as when you do it for yourself. No.
3: And, and Nick is, is insane. Nick does all the sales, and he also packs a ton of shit. Like, I'm on this trip right now. If we sell something...
1: He's, he, pack he's it. packing it. Yeah. Let's give him an air horn. Yes. that's awesome.
3: And all the stuff at Nick's house and his wife is is cool. With. Like the basement is our warehouse, pretty. Yeah, much. and she's rad too because she's like, I don't want you guys to waste money on that. Yeah, save the overhead.
1: She's Store it here. Down. Yeah, I mean, you made those guys part owners, and it gives them the, the yeah they the feel juice to yeah. back you up and yeah. really invest their time and they do f- it right.
3: Yeah, they feel a real part of it, and and I think that's the thing too is like just our attention, our attention to it all. I just want to have it be that way so we can just know that we are in control of everything.
1: It seems like you started that company yesterday. I can't believe five, <laughs> five years. years. I would have <laughs> said two years. If I was going to say two or three, maybe, but five. That's so crazy how it's fast crazy. time goes. Yeah. So, so uh,
0: I kind of want to pivot. Yeah. Classic Let's word. Uh, beating the dead horse here. <laughs> um, so one thing we got to talk about, and I know you've talked mm. about it before, but maybe not all of our listeners have heard about this story. And um, you have a six-year history with a certain rail uh and ultimately this rail landed you on the cover of snowboarder magazine and it's a goddamn cinderella story (laughs) it really is a cinderella story can you just (laughs) run us through that for the people that have already heard it well i'm sorry but we're we're getting into it again
3: (laughs) yeah well the behind the beam thing is pretty much about all about that but i mean it comes back to the same shit of i just can't let it go like we were we're I watched a video of a VG movie and it's Nima and Jed at the top of that rail in Omaha. And they're pretending to go down it. Like they're pretending to hit it. And I'll just remember that was the start of it. I texted Meyer. I'm like, where's that thing? He's like, it's in Omaha. It's impossible. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and He's just like, it's impossible. I'm like, well, I want to see it at least. Check it out.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, we'll go to Omaha. We'll just breeze by it. We'll just go take a look. Breeze by it yeah. in Omaha like yeah. there's any other then, reason to go there. Yeah. So then, of course, we, like, look at it, and I'm like, <coughs> shit. Like, I got to try it. And we organize a trip and try it. And just, just one of those things that felt like it was maybe I was wasting everyone's time. Because every, watching it has got to be so painful. 20 feet and jump off. 15 feet, jump off. 27 feet jump up. Was that close? Guys, <laughs> I think I got it. <laughs> well, also back this up. You were flying to Omaha to get there. Yeah. a trip. He's, yeah. he's
0: flying there to hit this rail, mind you. Yeah. So the first time there's no fucking snow. That oh, was- yeah,
3: yeah. The fir- well, that was when we were in Oslo together. And Meyer, uh, we were in Oslo, and Meyer's like, there's four inches of snow. Like, should we go? We flew from Oslo to <laughs> Omaha. <laughs> And it's like fifty-eight degrees, and we wake up at seven a.m. and it's just snow melting. We built a snowdrop in the night before, like four feet from the rail. So you, I like, like jumped in, <laughs> <laughs> and in my head I'm like, as long as I get on, I could probably kind a <laughs> balance. balance <laughs> how long is this rail? I mean, I think it was a. Uh, I don't even know, 87 double stairs or something like that. Oh, right? 87 double stairs. Something, something like that. I think we counted it. I don't really remember.
0: And we got autographed prints of this too, right? Dude, yeah, we do. We got autographed prints at bombhole.com. But the first few tries, let's be real, they were fucking pathetic. pathetic. Dude, like
3: you made it like 10 feet down the rail. Was that one where I jump on... <laughs> And I instantly jumped to the left and hit the stairs and rolled down the stairs, and just picture it's Meyer three hundred yards with a cam- on a tripod, and then me like imagine the mental just like fuck, like just so mad. And flew there to do this. Flew there to do that. It's it's like and it's fucking. And then I remember you were like he lost the battle or something, or Meyer's like he lost the battle, he didn't win the war, didn't lose the war or something. Mm-hmm. Cause you were like, "How'd it go?" And it's a picture of me just on the concrete, oh yeah, (laughs) in a mental pretzel, just like any tears shed on this rail. Tears were shed um, when I came close, and the winch broke. I was used to winch into it; that was the old move. And I was kind of close, and the winch like blew out, and I not tears. I I don't think the
1: viewers and listeners know that you get emotionally invested in these. Oh yeah, pretty wild. Things. absolutely yeah. yeah and it doesn't even matter and once you're vested man it's on you need to make it happen whether it's a trick or uh, noth- a feature
3: nothing else matters at yeah. that point it could be like even the thing i filmed the other day i'm like kind of stressed like it's just
1: once it's, you're attached it's on huh? but it's
3: cool to recognize that at the same time i'm like how cool is that to know I still give a shit? Yeah. If I didn't care, I'd be laughing. I'd ah, throw my board in the car and we'll go somewhere else. But
1: And you'll
2: leave. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, but I'm pissed care.
3: and I care. And I just like, I want to accomplish something. <laughs> and now in my career, it's, it means so much more to me. Like I'm way more aware of it. But, but yeah, back to that. I don't think I shed tears then. I shed tears when I, got to the, when I landed it.
1: I bet. I dude.
0: cried. So, so how many trips back to the, the rail?
2: Yeah.
3: Well, I think five.
0: So you went there five times over six years to try to go. Something there.
3: like that. Yeah. We would come like really VG we'd go and we'd always look at the weather and there was like three main sessions of all day. And then on that trip that I did it, it was in Omaha and I, it was the first thing we did so much pressure. We get steak and eggs, the whole thing, way too much pressure but, was built. on Just, just tell
0: the whole story of the steak and eggs and all this shit.
3: Oh, like the state, just going, waking up in the morning. Waking up
0: in the, the, waking up in the morning, knowing you're going to this fucking behemoth of a rail that's like 400 feet long, trying to go to the end.
3: Yeah. And we had a, we had a winch that day. And yeah, it's just like too much pressure was built into it. Steak and eggs. Everyone like rubbing your shoulders, like Joey, you got this, dude. <laughs> I do because huh? everyone flew just, in just for that. Everyone was there. It was Cole and Spencer, Danimals, and and um, Jake Durham and and Meyer and Meyer. Like lo- Meyer's been with me through the whole thing, <laughs> through every. So he's thick like, and thin. he's just like, yeah, just, just everyone's as so as fired. You are. He is maybe more maybe invested, more. yeah. And uh, but it was like too much pressure because I I was just like everyone's we had whole day blocked off for this. I bought like a bag of cinnamon, you know, beef jerky, just like going to war. Basically Spencer's like trying to get me water. I'm like, I'm good. I'm fine. Bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of stairs to walk up, dude. A lot of stairs to walk up and then didn't get it that day. And in that day, it, I didn't feel it at all. Like I really? didn't come close. And then, so I was like, I was like, that was bummer. Cause I'm like, we came here for this. I'm just like, maybe this is never going to happen. Then we go and we film those guys get tons of cool shit on the trip. And I don't know if you heard that part of the story, but uh, Danimals and Jake or Jake Durham and Danimals are leaving town. I drove with them. It's like, we got to go. Dan's got this ride shoot. And I'm like, well, that's my ride. I got to go. And Meyer, classic Meyer. Well, if you're not committed, then, you know, someone else will do it. So, <laughs> dude.
0: and for, he, for the listeners, Meyer started Video Grass, the uh, production company. Yeah, go ahead. Though He
3: made me so, he knows how to push my buttons because I was so pissed because I was trying to justify it. Well, I got to go with them. I got, and he's like, he's like, I mean, we would have flown. You flew from Oslo here. You're here. Yeah, You're going to leave. And I'm like, oh, fuck. He's right. And I throw this big fit about like, hey, get, get a plane ticket, like all this stuff. And then <laughs> Bob's there to shoot photos. And finally, I'm just like, he's right. Ultimately, he's right. And he usually is right. He just knew how to, if he would have been like, cool, have a good trip. I would have like got home and been like, what was I, what was I doing? Yeah. But I just was like looking for an out kind of. And He kept me there. So it was like, I'm. Um, respect i'm like glad he kept me there because then it was like we had an afternoon and one more day to do it no pressure at all it was like spencer wanted to hit something that night we had like three hours to kill we built a snow drop in before we'll go try joe's thing for three hours and we'll go to spencer's thing and i think i did it in like 20 or 30 tries that day. wow it was natty speed again i had a kit on i was feeling it was like my favorite fucking thrift store sweater and like this hat i just like looked down i felt good and even Cole was like, I just felt it. You could tell you were feeling it, and you felt good, and and then it just worked. And it was like not many things in my career have made me feel those feelings because it is just something stupid. It's a long rail you just got to the end of. But it was a culmination of, like, work ethic and wanting to accomplish something. And that's always been my favorite thing throughout my whole career is, like, finding big shit, try to get to the end of it. Like, I just – it was kind of a cool – like Lance said it, he's like, that's like your opus. Like, you know, just something that you've, mm-hmm. you did this type of snowboarding and now you've kind of like done this thing. And so it was really, that was really fucking cool. It was sick that those guys were there and they ran down and then I was, yeah, I was like crying. Cause it's just like, honestly didn't know if I could do it. And then when I did it and just held on and rode off and like
1: conquered it. I was stoked, and you got your first cover of first, snowboarder, yeah, first in cover a of snowboarder, long by Bob Plum, Bob yeah. Plum.
3: And I remember thinking that too. I'm up on the dropping ramp, and I hear this drone. I'm like, what is he doing with that drone? Because like, <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of moving around, shoot, trying to shoot it long, like way over there, and. And it's drone. I'm like, oh, drone, great. And then, <laughs> and then that was the try. I get to the end, and the drone, that was the try. That's, no, the, that was that's the, the photo.
0: No way. One try. I love that you're like, this fucking drone ends up being a cover. Ends like, up drone. being a cover. Okay. I'll give you that one.
1: <laughs> dude, it's so long. I don't know how else you'd shoot that. And that thing. was the
3: thing. When I, when I saw the photo on his, because he had it on, like, he's just like, here's the photo. I was just like, that was really cool. Because it's on the hard drone. to shoot long, it's hard to do it justice, and yeah, and but I do remember being like, "Drone, great!" <laughs> and then that was the try. That was the try I got.
1: Wow, yeah. dude, Cinderella people, story, such
0: a Cinderella <laughs> story. And also the long rails. I think I, I've gotten DMs like, uh, you know, certain tricks. I've whatever people are like, dude, that wasn't difficult. Like I, I, I could do that. Like a person that doesn't street snowboard, yeah. like look at something like that and be like, I can do that. But then you know, you you realize. This took six years and thousands of tries. I don't know if a lot of but, people are looking at that thing. Yeah, but I'm just saying, some people it. might be thinking that, and it's a lot more difficult than it looks. It's difficult, but in all
3: honesty, they probably could. It's still yeah, a 50-50. Oh, true. It's yeah, a 50-50. It's like it you can. Just takes you, that one. If you want to put in the time, someone could do third first try. Who yeah. knows? Like That's a
0: great point. It's, it's honestly like, like roll. Which is
3: kind of sick. It's like, I don't know. It took that many tries to get it, but why did I do it in 20 tries that day? You know? Why look, did it just work? Look good, feel good. Look good, So good.
0: Well, trial and error—you ultimately is that rail out. longer than the co card rail?
3: Yeah,
1: which is right behind them. The yeah, co card rail's uh, steep, which is probably easier to go to the end of. Than so, a, is this the longest rail ever done, or what? I mean, I don't know about all that. We get Guinness out yeah, there. Yeah, we go and Guinness <laughs> want, on this
2: one.
3: I think we wanted to try to do something like that. It'd be cool to know. It'd be cool to see.
1: But I mean, we've are the people to ask. We study this shit. Let's see. Let's see. I, I can't think of one that's longer.
3: If there is more, hats off to them. I mean, I I don't know. I didn't do it to conquer the. It was just definitely one the longest solid piece rail of ever. rail. It was like an anomaly. There's no there's no welds oh, in it. Really, it's one big piece of rail. In, there's no other rail. You, it's in the middle of
1: this. Maybe field? it was made by aliens. Maybe it could well, be. They, no, they would have know. had to weld it together. They just probably buffed the weld okay, properly and painted it. it. It might yeah. be one of the. Uh, you know, there, there's
0: no way a, a truck. No, hauled, I think uh, two no. guys
1: hold <laughs> <hauled> that to <laughs> <Dude>, It, it <laughs> might be like a, a great mystery. One of the. It could be like the an ninth alien. wonder of the world. But it maybe. is. It's dead straight. You How know, was it's the like, pyramid built? How was Joe's rail built? Nobody knows. Maybe
0: it's like one of those things where they found the mirror out in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. You see that the monolith. The It's like a monolith. It was just there. Yeah.
1: It Could be. I don't know. We'll call it the monolith.
3: It was a cool moment. I remember, like, I t- my girlfriend. I started dating this my girlfriend, and then I was like, she knew I was. Like, I'm going to Omaha to sh- try this thing. Like, <laughs> 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 but it was like one of those kind of like been trying this for a long time, and uh, and then I did it. I was like, babe, I did it, and she's like crying too, and it, then, <laughs> she knew how much it like meant to me, and it was a cool moment. And then it, even like the coolest was my friends from back home. Just hearing about it, like, Snakes Venmo's me, like, 20 bucks. Buy margaritas tonight. Like, dude. just a cool, like, I missed that Lord of the Ropes thing at Troll. Uh. And Pete's like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, my. He's like, oh, trying the rail. I'm like, yeah, I think so. Like, it was just, like, a cool thing that people kind of knew about. So
0: I got the call, too. I think Justin, I believe, telling me. And and he's like, Joe did it. I'm like, no fucking way. Because yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought you had no fucking chance ever. Like, yeah. I was
3: like, dude, what an idiot. He's yeah. never going to the end yeah. of that thing. And even Myers, like I remember thinking, for fifty, we're coming back to this, and I'm like, I would, like, <laughs> I don't know. We just, it was a thing that we were going to keep going back to for sure.
0: Yeah, that's going to be great. You're going to be at the bar like fifty years old. When I when I did the three hundred footer,
3: is that in my bag? Is that covered in my bag? Let me see if I have this. <laughs> that's
0: weird. It's in my bag. <laughs>
3: Go ahead. Read uh, me the view count. What does that say? What does
0: that- <laughs> well, going back to your lady crying, I've got some feedback that uh, people like hearing about the significant other of uh, our guests, and I do think it takes a strong woman to a well date your ass and yeah. then b deal with the travel. You know, it's it's like yeah. you know what what these uh, it takes a special
1: lady to th- deal with the travel. Yeah these these it significant
0: does. others of pro borders, be it male or female. Put up with the it's it's tough on them. So so let's give her an air horn and talk, thank you. Yeah, it.
3: that's my girlfriend Chrissy. Um, she is awesome. We've been dating for two years, and uh I think the thing that I was just thinking about when you said that is like if you're a you know a pro hockey player or football, there's a schedule. There's no schedule with what we're doing, and they don't understand why you just came from Helsinki and why you're going to Des Moines tomorrow <laughs> or like Omaha or something, you know. And I think even still they watch the videos and stuff. They don't understand all the intricacies of what Mm -hmm. goes into it because it's like, Hey, you guys are all in the same room. Like, eh, what? (laughs) Yeah. We're in the same room. And like, you know, what are you doing? And then it's like, also you're scaring yourself. There's just so many things that go into like, what is going on on a trip that if a, if a girl was in there getting in your head, it's going to like mess with your psyche for the trip. So it does take a strong woman to, um, for myself, it does take someone like who understands what you're going through and makes that process easier. Mm -hmm. And she's rad. She's like, did you get a clip today? Like I, I used to think that would be like my nightmare. Cause I used to not date girls that snowboarded, but that stokes me out now. I'm like, she gets it. She knows that I care about this and that this is my life and that I'm working towards something. So she knows what getting a clip means. I'm like, that's pretty cool. You know? And she's also been really good about roping me in to like, Helping me with these fucking mental issues and things like that. Having a ton of patience. And, yeah, it's not easy dating me. I can promise you.
1: <laughs> it's tough, too. They don't know. You might leave in one day's notice, six hours notice. Yeah. And that's the hardest part.
3: Yeah, and, the, and there's always, like, no schedule. there's always an event. Like, it's a friend's birthday or a thing, and you're just like, I can't go. Yeah, And it's, like, having someone who understands that is huge. And I think a lot of – some people, some, p- like, partners – Think they could, and then it's when it's when push comes to shove, it's it's they not can't. super easy. Yeah, yeah.
0: you got to have a ride or die for that. Yeah. A lot of them aren't aren't ride or dies. But going back to uh, what you said too, the schedule thing's huge because you know you think about a significant other going to work, coming home. That's that's probably chances are what they're doing. You know, and yeah, um, and then having like basically like prolonged adolescence. Like as as a as a pro snowboarder, <laughs> yeah. we we're just like idiot eighteen yeah. year olds trapped <laughs> in a thirty some odd year old body. That haven't really, you know, we're still on trips with 18 year olds. We're still, we're still doing dumb shit. So it's nice when, uh, they put up with
1: us in certain times.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Like (laughs) when you come, sometimes you'll come back from a trip and you're just like a pile.
1: You need to decompress. Yeah. And readjust. Or
3: maybe they dated someone who like worked a nine to five like them. And they're just like, are you, what are you doing today? I'm working. (laughs) I'm working right now. And they're just like, are you though? like, yes, (laughs) I am.
0: All right, we have a guest question. The guest question is presented by Solomon. Now, this guest question is from a man we have talked about a lot in this episode. It's Justin Meyer. We referred to him as Justin and Meyer. He started Videograss, and he's filmed you struggle on top of rails for
3: (laughs) many trials, tribulations, defeats, and victories. Oh, yeah, he's seen me in the ups and the downs for sure.
0: So let's give Meyer an air horn before we get into this. Maybe let's give him
3: the crazy air horn yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's another one I didn't I gotta thank That one just
1: keeps going That one's crazy Is there anything in between those arrows?
2: No, no it's just, Love it
3: There's one and then there's the super air horn I gotta thank Justin Meyer for everything he's done for me too He let me in video grass and gave me a shot to film with him And he's helped me so much with just being open to anything And yeah, I gotta just unlimited thanks to Justin Meyer
0: uh, Beautiful Well, let's get into this question Here we go
1: Hey Joe, how's it going? So uh, I know you filmed probably about 15 or 16 video parts, many of those first or last parts. I wanted to know what are your thoughts? What should uh, the the youth do moving forward? Do we continue to film video parts? And how important is that? Goodbye. Goodbye.
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, um I like that question. I th- I think we should definitely continue to film video parts. I think it's what drives the culture. And maybe I'm biased because it's the same way I looked at technical difficulties as my North Star of, like, this is what you do, this is how you do it. And I think the, mud- the waters get muddied a little bit with Instagram, but I think it should still boil down to, like, a video part is the true measure of, of what you did that year. I think Instagram clips are cool, and, and it's awesome to show that you're doing stuff, and I think content's great but saving something and curating something with a song and the spots and the feel i hope never goes out of style because to me it's just like you can do everything you can but can you do it you know for 3 minutes on the in a part that and deal with all those failures and kickouts and spots not working out and the mental anguish that goes into it to put out something of merit with, a, with that long you know so i think it gets scary with the culture kind of looks like it not looking like it's going away from that but just hoping that that's preserved because for me it's it's that it's everything it's the key thing for our culture
1: yeah i couldn't imagine snowboarding without videos and magazines yeah the culture would just change and yeah. i think people are going to realize that and i think so too they're going to happen
3: and i think everything comes in a cycle and there's probably times where people are like this is the future but music that you use and like everything that it comes with is like
1: the feeling,
3: the feeling. And yeah. and then you see them riding that board, you know, that was, that was, they must've filmed it last year cause it's next year's board and it's in stores now. And I think there's, there still should be that level of like just people looking at that as like, and I, I will say like this Vans thing that came out, it's like, to me, that's like, that's professionalism. It's like, it's put together so well in the, the evergreen music, video evergreen. Yeah. Okay. The music's on point, and you look at the riding, and they just look like they're fucking serious about what they're doing, and and everything that makes the cut in that is top-notch quality snowboarding, and there's a lot of stuff left on the cutting room floor, but that's what it takes to get in a video these days, and I think there should be a measuring stick of, like, you got to get to here to be where these guys are at, and I think that is, uh, I don't want to see that line get keep getting dropped because it's, like, personal best, you know? Like, we talk about there should be, like, when I was, I remember Sean Johnson said that to me. I was doing backcountry shit, and I did like a back seven in the backcountry. Like that was really good for me. He's like, "We're not going to celebrate mediocrity. We're not going to celebrate your personal best if it's not industry standard. It's not making the movie." I was like, first of all, ouch!" But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, but then I, I got it. You know, I understood what he was saying. So yeah, we're definitely in a culture of heavy
0: celebration of mediocrity these days. Sometimes. But, all right, Joey. Uh, we've been chatting for a good amount of time here, and I think maybe. Let's do maybe 20 more minutes or see, see where we end up, but start rounding the corner on wrapping this thing up. And one thing that our listeners let us know that they really love to hear about, and I want to hear about as well, is your setup. So um, I, repeat, set, uh, de- describe for people that are listening and they're not watching so you, so, so you can explain it. And okay. Do you do anything
3: particular to it? Um, I don't really do anything particular to my setup. My stance changes every time I set up a board. What? <laughs> yeah. I just stand on the bolts, and I'm like, eh, it feels good. And then I put the bindings on. I care a little bit about width. Like I'll, if it feels too skinny or too wide.
1: You don't measure it.
3: I don't measure it. I have just to be like, what am I at? And then, but I, if I set up a new board, it just it is it gets where it's where it gets. I just got these bindings and I just kind of threw them on, and I do that every time. I don't know why. That's I, I wild. dull I dull the shit out of my edges a lot. I take an angle grinder to my edges. Really, I, I like that. How do you ride Highland when it's icy? I don't turn. I <laughs> 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 I kind of <laughs> power slide. So if I'm coming into something... <laughs> Whereas like Dan will do a nice like Mine kind of power slides
0: There's like some (laughs) purist northwest Reef chiefs throwing up in their mouth right now Yeah
3: absolutely Uh, Yeah I just I've always kind of done that I don't know why but I I just i blow my edges a bunch Um, Forward lean No forward lean I take the thing off Oh you're one of the people that
1: takes them right off I don't
3: care about that Um, Size board flex all that I read a 149 board that's the public Disorder um I ride that board right now that's actually my my pro model uh public disorder. I have some union stratas on that are brand new to the setup this year, so i'm riding those um thirty two I ride the uh thirty two that's the shifty boa, <laughs> which is kind of a lower end boot, but I fucking love that boot. i think I've been riding that exact boot for like a couple of years and it's been lasting and i just like i kind of like the boa and i'm honestly not super picky, and I think that's like a weird a weird thing, but I just every board we make, I'm like, this board's sick. These bindings are sick. Like, as long as it doesn't feel crazy out of the gate, I don't like super stiff boots. And I think that would be something that I'd be like, this isn't working. But yeah, then that L1 outerwear, I ride the Aftershock pant and fucking, like, I just that's about it. Black pants. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and you uh, prefer
1: a sweater to a jacket. I'll pre-
3: I'd probably prefer that's a sweater cool. to a jacket. Yeah. <laughs>
1: A thrift store bought sweater.
2: Yeah,
3: for the
0: listeners, a lot of people don't know. It doesn't take much to throw Joe into an absolute outfit crisis. You can just be like, "Uh, "Joe, those pants look—they
3: look a little tight. They look; those look a little tight." Well, it's funny because it used to be those look a little baggy. They're not baggy; they're skin tight. These are perfect. And then now I'm like, they look a little tight. I'm like, do they shit? Like, yeah. I mean, for people that don't know, it's like I also I like I think I talked to you about that. I like just having fun with it. I'm aware that I'm a psycho with gear and clothing, but to me, it's fucking fun. It's fun to talk about why you're influenced by things. It's fun to talk about why things look a certain way. And some people like to pretend they just rolled out of bed and had this great idea for this kit. Everyone's inspired by their things, and it's fun to be more a little bit more like, let's just enjoy what we're doing here and, and call it like it is.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, Dude, straight up, it's uh, that, that's such a better tone. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that guy's been watching a lot of Elijah Burl lately, it,
3: it looks like. Yeah. You see
0: their look, and you're like, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's, yeah. don't be defensive about
3: it. Yeah. Call a spade a spade. Exactly. Like, there's some people who are just like, what are you talking about? I didn't see that. And it's like the exact kit. You're just like, all right. Like, but, it uh, just happened. There's happen just happened. With them like, and I just had this idea. Well, I don't yeah. know. Where it came let's from. go. But let's
0: stay on this.
3: Cause you were, you were.
0: Well let's let's let me just from my perspective explain. You were tight pants tech nine jersey
1: at a time. Well maybe kind of like a yeah.
0: little bit, like lost. Not you hadn't found yourself. I hadn't found I myself. I swear
1: it was like tighter pants and a jer- yep. baggy yep. jersey. Yep. And I that,
3: that was to
0: be honest. I kind
1: of like that look.
3: That was more the most original look I had.
1: <laughs>
2: like straight. Like up. that
3: was the most I was like feeling myself. No one really looked like that. So I was like, damn, this is kind of dope. Then it turned into um, I never really went full baggy. Then I, uh, started to get, it was basically cause Hebel and those guys were wearing baggy love hate. And then when Hebel started wearing slimmer stuff, I was like, I guess I'm wearing slim stuff. Yeah. Hebel went because, full slim down and it just looked sick. And like, whatever that shit speaks to you in a certain way. Like I remember looking at Cooley footage from like new video and feeling like react, like just, it was just sick. And so. And my friends were wearing that stuff, and we'd go sew our pants together and all that stuff. Yeah, you had and some tight pants. Went real tight for a tight while. Those the Shane, knees. the Shane crossed like yep. tied. He had like a tie dye hippie, and yeah. then he started doing a peace sign on his signature. Yeah,
0: kind of got married to that. Yeah, too. stuck he, with that. Huh? Yeah, still, locked in. I got a couple
3: of them that I signed that the peace throws, sign still. Still throws the peace sign. But in. you know what's funny about that is oddly enough, that's when I was like almost my most confident. I was dating a girl we were, and she was in college, and I had giraffe print pants. You know, giraffe, like the animal, giraffe print pants, an open Hawaiian shirt, a tie dye shirt underneath that, a headband and long hair. And I'd walk around with her and be like, what's everyone looking at, dude? Like, I was like, "What?" it couldn't be me because I look, (laughs) I don't don't look crazy at all. And, and uh, like, I remember like showing up at her house and like getting just actually laughed at by like her friends. And I'm like, what are they laughing at? (laughs) So like, then I was the most confident and then it's kind of just gone. Like, I don't know. For some reason, the other way lately, but
0: yeah. Yeah, the, I just like that, that calling a spade a spade. Like, <clears throat> yeah, sure, I'm I'm into some tight pants now. I'm watching this. I'm yeah. watching Cooley, and now I'm into Baggy. I'm watching this. Like, yeah. fuck it. You know? Things
3: change. Function changes. That shit wasn't very functional. It's I was, interesting
1: I, how some people stick a style whole career, do. and then other people, like, kind of mix around with what they're feeling and, at the time. And that's
3: respectable, too, for sure. Yeah. But I'm just way too, like, I like... Changing. I like fashion. I like that things change. Yeah, if you're I think in the fashion, you're gonna change I with the I think it's cool that this was cool this time and this is cool now. And I think that's more fun to adapt to and just have fun with than no. I'm I'm this dude. I still look sick. It's like yeah. it's like things, change, things and, change and I just like I like just rolling with it a little bit more. Um and so now, yeah, I wear I still feel I want to feel as comfortable as I did, even though I'm wearing something different, it's still chasing that. I feel good in this, Mm -hmm. and that's what everyone's chasing. If I put on those same jeans and no gloves, I'm going to be like, I am (laughs) so – feel so crazy right now, you know? And it was like jeans and no gloves is not functional in Finland either. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, a snow pant, some mitts, a jacket when it's cold.
1: Yeah, Yeah, there's some days in Finland, man, where you need the proper gear.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's
1: it's interesting seeing, like, how
0: different some genres of snowboarding are, right? we are sitting there talking about – the fucking outfit and dude like oh yeah I like the snowboard in a sweater it's like <laughs> then you got people that are probably listening to this that like only split board on top of giant mountains yeah. like what the fuck are these guys talking about <laughs> Yeah. I wear like head to toe Gore-Tex and well, they won't even function. let cotton yeah. touch their body <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> it's not Merino wool I yeah. really, like, I don't Merino or nothing yeah that's and, your-
3: and that's cool too <laughs> whatever like I think but I think there is something funny about um, certain people who there's still looks in everything like even though you got a like a Carhartt thing, it's like working man. Like it's still a look. Everyone's yeah, kind of going a for a look. Yeah. You know, hockey players are wearing. They don't just wear Lululemon and like these things because it's it's like everyone looks a certain way. And I I'm fascinated by like the looks and that people are like even like try so hard to to be anti caring about what they dress like, but you still care.
1: Even that backcountry guy, man. There's all that certain gear they yeah. gotta have, or yeah. else they're not looking right with their crew.
3: Even the average person, like, why did you buy that? jack that shirt from like nordstrom because it felt good
1: or the patagonia jacket I and mean, you can't explain why it feels have. good you yeah. just do
3: so yeah. it's like i think that's more interesting than anything like no one wears stuff they don't feel comfortable
1: in you got to feel comfortable in your skin and yeah. feel good or else you guys aren't going to have the uh, ego to pull off what you pull off you have to feel good look good ride good
0: well confidence is different than ego those are two different things
2: yeah ego, they go together those
1: a those bit those are
0: no they're two totally yeah, different I guess those they're are two, different. two totally different entities ego and confidence are so not to be confused you're not Expl- gonna have a good e- i guess if you ego. have a super
1: good ego <clears throat> you can wear anything and pull it off uh. but
2: even
0: people no, who e- think of the most confidence no, no right so yeah, confidence stone. and ego are two separate things explain the difference okay so let me try to do this well like um ego ego is the the body is is telling yourself that that you're let, let's start by explaining the ego of what the opposite ego is right like uh, and it's all, it's all, fuck, it's all contingent on situations, but um, I, I mean, I could be wrong in my explanation, but I'll, I'll take a stab out of here. So, so like, just take, uh, for example, open mindedness, right? So like, open mindedness would be uh, the opposite of, of I'm right, I, I'm right is ego. I'm right is ego. Now, I'm right is not the same as confidence, right? Okay. Me being right is not the same as me being confident in my answer. I'm, like, the ego is, like, stubborn and it's fucking, it protects us in a lot of ways, but it's different than feeling really fucking good. Confidence is feeling really good. Like, I don't know what it is by definition, but it feels like, oh, I I got this shit. Like, I got, ego is the thing that, like, wants to make you think you're better than people. Ego is the thing that wants to fucking put other people down to make yourself feel good confidence is like dude i feel good i
3: got
1: this those are two
3: totally different worlds yeah it's interesting
1: uh you nailed that pretty much
3: yeah that's yeah and what were you saying in regards to stone ego you were saying your ego feels good or something i mean just a
1: few i guess it's your confidence yeah would have been the right word yeah yeah it makes you more confident to look good
3: yeah no for sure yeah the ego things is interesting because that is like the little voice in your head That's telling you. Ego
1: operates out of self interest, is an entirely different thing.
3: Oh, sick.
1: Take a uh, self righteous attitude and judge others along the way. Okay. Where confidence is to have faith in your own abilities and believe in yourself.
3: Oh, wow. Damn. That's cool.
1: But that's pretty much what he said. It is. But that's a cool,
3: like, official definition of it. Sweet to know that. That is
1: the official definition. Well, I feel like that's a good thing
3: to,
0: to kind of take this ship out on. Um, before we get out of here I feel like there might be some people that listen to this podcast and they're like damn public snowboards kicks ass where can they buy one and support you and uh, find you on the internet
3: yeah you can buy one at your local shop if you have trouble finding a local shop send us a DM our Instagram is at this is public my personal one is at Joe sexton 1817 you can hit up either one and, and ask about where to get one we also have an online store that we sell some boards to uh, people who don't have a shop by them um yeah and also i just want to say we do i appreciate anyone that supports what we've done shops kids distributors you know josh and nick everyone this is much bigger than myself like for this thing to move and where it's gotten to takes a lot of moving parts and a lot of help and support from a lot of people so i do want to just say thanks to anyone who's ever bought a board or just supported what we do
1: i love it that's awesome! It. You guys got a dealer locator on the site too. Yeah, we have People a stockist list. Yeah, Sick. but
3: it changes so much that it's kind of like just hit us up and and I think that's we the can, best way. Yeah, we can help you find a shop and and uh, but stockist
1: kinda, tells you who has product at a certain time. No, stockist is just a list of like uh, here's the shops that we're in. Yeah, yeah. But,
3: but I mean, it does change because like we have if we get a new distributor, it opens up a whole new gotcha. kind of channel. So it's best to just just hit us up. Just holler, holler. Yeah, I think we're at a point where. I like hearing from people and I want to start that conversation. So Mm -hmm. it's like, if it starts with where can I find a board, it might end with, you know, something cool and and we get into a cool conversation. So I, uh, I do appreciate that too.
0: Uh, also what's next for
3: Joe Sexton? Uh, next for me is I want to film a a video part this year. (laughs) I'm really stoked on, um, I took the last kind of couple years off two years ago was I got that rail, And that was like, I didn't have much footage around that. And then last year I had some personal stuff going on, mom passing away and and focusing a little bit more on the business side of things. And it was sort of a nice removal from the whole thing. And now I realize not even then, but just that I want to keep doing this shit. So I want to, I'm going to film a part. I want to film another good part and work hard and be a little more intentional about what it, what it's going towards and what it, what it means to me and continue to grow public and continue to fuck better myself and I just want to keep this path that I'm on kind of going is is pretty much it
0: love it man um and then before we get out of here you have anybody you want to thank for that's helped you along this way along the journey
3: Uh, I want to thank everyone My, my my mom my dad my girlfriend my brother my sister just like my whole family and all my friends like anyone that's Supported what we've done with public or myself. I want to thank every team manager that put me on and gave me a chance. Sean Johnson gave me my first real chance to do something with this. There's too many people to thank. Um, but I want to thank anyone that's just helped me in any way. And I want to thank you guys for putting me on. This is sick. I love what you guys are doing. I fucking wish you guys the best. And and I really am honored to be to be on this with you,
1: with you guys. So stoked to have you, Joe.
3: Thank you, dude. I appreciate that.
1: We appreciate you. You, we appreciate you guys
0: listening, and we're going to wrap up this episode. We will see you next week, over and out from the bomb hole. Okay, another fun combo in the books. Now, Joe wanted me to remind you guys that if you're interested in buying a public snowboard, head on over to publicsnowboards.com. He forgot to plug that in the episode. Um, they are a rad brand. So, if you're looking for a snowboard, head on over to publicsnowboards.com and support Joe. Now, if you want to support us, uh, you can head on over to bombhole.com, where we have signed Joe Sexton prints. We also have our merch, which you guys continue to buy, and I want to say thank you. And that's where you can find a link to our Patreon. Lastly, I just want to say thank you guys for sharing each and every week, supporting us. You guys kick ass, and we will see you again next week with another episode. Peace.